Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. Kira, they're talking about the new Dunkettle interchange fly open to fly over to open, at least the first part of it anyway. It's a massive job. If you've driven down there, the scale of it is just ginormous. So Owen English is uh, on top of it and has it in the examiner this morning. The first new flyover on the massive Dunkettle interchange project set to open at some stage this week. So it might indeed uh, alleviate some traffic. That's the whole idea of it, isn't it? But the Irish Freedom Weekend dominates the front of many of the newspapers this morning. A big bounce back over the weekend. Seamus was out over the weekend on Saturday inside in town. He's got some interesting reports across the morning uh, but I was chatting with him this morning. He says it was like Christmas time. <laughs> Certainly on Saturday. So it was really great to see. Party goers in particular. Bumper weekend for pubs and businesses according uh, to the inside pages of the Star today. Of course the closing times for hospitality which had been 8 o'clock that got scrapped. And the Echo it's great to see a headline like the good times are back. Celebrations in full swing. Uh, you know families Friends, hens, parties, 21st, everything, and just people who wanted to go for a pint at a reasonable time or have a dinner in a restaurant um, where they didn't have to be out before 8 o'clock. So loads of photographs making, particularly the Examiner and the Echo today, certainly on Lee side with regards to people inside in town. Hope to talk to some publicans, but many of them were saying it was a real treat to have customers back at the counter, sitting at the counter. So I'll come back to all of that throughout the course of the morning because there's many, many uh, stories related to the Freedom Weekend that we had. But the same because of that then, uh, holiday demands are driving the prices up. Now, we were a little, we're a little bit ahead of them because we were talking about this on the air on Friday. But the mail picks up on it today saying summer holiday bookings are soaring after the easing of COVID restrictions. Um, and, of course, there's always someone to try and burst our bubble, as you know, uh, because uh, schools, no change there. And you've got to wonder why um, they haven't decided to relax restrictions within primary and secondary schools. It seems rather unfair, but the restrictions could end soon according to the sun today but uh, Stephen Donnelly decides oh yeah but we could have more variants on the- would you ever give us a break from that kind of us yeah we might have more variants on the- and we'll deal with them and they say oh yeah we might need to have an annual Covid job and what if Let- let's worry about that when the time comes because the consequences of this in other ways are ginormous and it's not just the waiting list with a million people waiting on hospital waiting lists it's also an Anne Murphy story in the examiner this morning uh, where we um, have a- every year now there's an increase in cases of, of violence and issues in the home, domestic violence, they call them. And another 10% hike year on year, where the guard said they responded to over 50,000 domestic violence incidents in 2021 alone. Of course, the guardie continues to do good work, and it's, I know, kind of a bows and arrows against the cannon when you're trying to draw, stop drug importation, but there's a good one making the sun today. There was 20 kilos of cocaine seized because a sniffer dog sniffed out the cocaine in boxes of melons, would you believe it? But the story that everyone seems to be talking about is a story out of Carlo, and it is an investigation by the Gardaí into a pensioner whose body uh, was discovered at the post, off, post office uh, allegedly with two people and it's alleged that they were trying to cash and withdraw his pension. So you get headlines in the red tops today like dead man walking and nephew quoted as saying I'd never rob my dead uncle um, and Gardy said to make arrests over pensioner's body in the post office. So I'm just going to stop off actually if you don't mind and talk with uh, Emer Nivranon who's uh, KCR, KCLR's live uh, morning talk show presenter. I know she's getting ready to go on air at 10 o'clock but she's taking some time out to chat with us this morning and joins me by phone. Emer, good morning. 
Good morning, Neil. How are you? Uh, listen, you're very good for stopping by because I know you're under pressure. But like one of the one of the alleged gentlemen involved in this says he's the talk of the town. But this story is the talk of the country. What's supposed to have happened or what do you know? Yeah, it's made headlines all around the world at this stage. As you know, Neil, shocking events unfolded at around 11 o'clock on Friday. Now, it was around almost lunchtime on Friday when I got a call to say, and initially I I thought it was a spoof. I didn't think that the person telling me, I I had to get them to repeat what they were saying a few times. I mean, it was so shocking. Um, And a very well-known spot in Carlow Town, a busy little spot, Hosey's Post Office. So around 11 a.m. on Friday, two men in their 30s brought Pather Doyle to the counter of his local post office um, and caused quite a scene in the shop. So it seems that earlier the men had attempted to collect a state pension, but they'd been told that Mr. Doyle would need to present himself at the counter for the payment. Mm. Um, So it appears he was dressed um, and brought to the post office, but some witnesses have said that his feet were dragging, that he didn't appear to be well, and that the staff in the post office were certainly very shocked by Mr. Doyle's appearance and concerned, and they raised the alarm. Uh, Now, the men have since claimed that that perhaps that he passed away in the post office. Those facts have yet to be fully established, and that's forming part of the investigation now. Um, But certainly, he didn't appear well when he was brought into the into the post office. So all the CCTV is being reviewed now and um, there's an investigation. I know there's some suggestion this morning in one newspaper that Gardaí are set to make an arrest over this. I spoke to the superintendent in the last few minutes um, and he hasn't confirmed that information to me. He says that part of the investigation will focus on alleged attempted fraud um, and we believe failing to report a death as well. So... It's ongoing, but um, it's left a very, I suppose locals are shocked and it's also left a bad taste um, in many locals' mouths in Carlow because while they're reading all the reports um, online and everything about it, they feel, look, some of the laughing and joking in one sense, people might understand that's black humour, but in another sense, um, people know this, this family, you know, and they yeah. think that it's a very, very sad story and... Um, when we were looking at the death, a very sad death the previous week and having vigils around the country. And here's a poor man, um, you know, and his family are mourning him and he'll be laid to rest today. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, absolutely. It's, it is not funny at all. It certainly is bizarre. Do we know anything about how he died? I mean, was there a post-mortem, for instance? There was a post-mortem, but um, we haven't fully established how he died. It was initially believed it may have been a cardiac arrest. Now, that hasn't been confirmed yet. Um, by Gardaí. Um, so, uh, still absolutely shocked. I mean... But no foul play, though. Now, I mean, it was... An, no, no, fa- no, I'm no, saying, no foul play was no foul suspected, play. no. We, we believe that the man had been unwell, though, um, for maybe some time in, in... We believe maybe in the last few days that he hadn't been well previous to Friday. Um, but Gardaí are now looking for witnesses to see had he been anywhere, um, the Friday before the incident, it's understood he collected his pension. So certainly a week before his death, he would have appeared to have been going about his business. But in the days since, they have to establish um, 
did he meet anyone? Did he leave the house? Where was he? But no foul, no foul play is is thought to have taken. And can you talk at all to the Red Tops actually talking to one of his nephews, uh, whose quote is saying, "People are just saying I only did this because I stole from my aunt before." He's saying things like, "I'm not an idiot." He was alive when I brought him to the post office. Yeah, I read those reports, and I mean, he's he's pretty adamant that he was alive when he brought him to the post office. Um. But certainly, I mean, it's clear that he was in very bad shape. Yeah. So that he was being kind of, witnesses would say he was being dragged along into the post office. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the Gardaí continue with their investigation and the poor man himself um, is uh, is being buried today, I believe. Is that the case? That's right. That's right. His funeral details were posted online last night. His funeral mass is at 11 o'clock this morning in the Church of the Holy Family in Aska. And lots of tributes coming in um, from local people who are absolutely shocked to hear about the case. I mean, he lives in the town centre, so as you can imagine, anybody like that, you know, very familiar face around the town. Um, he lived at the, the house in Pollerton uh, with his brother for many years, but his brother died some time back. Um, so, Pedder so, Doyle, age 66. Yeah, he, he's sixty-six. Of course, he passed away. Say, so he'll be buried today. But do you know anything about what the what happened in the post office? Say, for instance, with the post office staff, and and they and they standing with their with this with their his uncle at the counter. Did I read somewhere that when he was challenged or when they were challenged, it's alleged they just dropped him and ran away? That's uh, that's the uh, that's what we've been told. All right, by a number of witnesses who were outside the post office. Um, they believe that the men fled the scene um, and that afterwards, the, uh, once the alarm was raised by the post office staff, by the woman at the counter, she was quite shocked by the appearance of Mr. Doyle and she's the person who would have asked um, about his well-being and contacted Gardaí shortly afterwards. And they, whoever is alleged to have been involved ran away he collapses and is left on the ground of the post office. Ambulances and guardy are called and, of course, the rest is subject to an investigation. That about sums it up, doesn't it? That's it. But one of the, the lines of inquiry, obviously, uh, as many people are aware, is whether or not he died in the bedroom of his property prior to what happened in the post office. And the post-mortem can't say that. They can only say within three hours of the incident, is it? That's right, within three hours, but it's very, very difficult to pinpoint it, and I, I think the investigation is not a straightforward one. Okay, I'm going to let you get on with preparing your own show, Emer. Thank you so much for taking the call this morning. Have a great, have a great show. Cheers much. for now. Thank you. Take care. Emer Nivranon, the KCLR live talk show presenter. It's just one of those absolutely bizarre stories. And Emer is right, actually. It's not a story that we're just talking about or reading about in this country, but overseas as well. Um, anyway, there's bound to be uh, updates on that story in the coming days and weeks ahead, so we'll let the investigation take its course. Uh, other stories making the papers today, of course, include maybe a new year, new you, a new motor car. And you got to wonder, actually, whether or not it is really still not the time to be buying an electric car. A lot of people are, from the numbers being sold are suggesting not with just 47,000 electric cars sold in Ireland and they're looking for the sale of electric cars to peak at 1 million by 2030 and what's the big problem? Well the big problem is lack of charging points. All very well saying oh, you can have one in your own home but you really need an infrastructure all around the country and on top of that of course range anxiety uh, still exists. I know that I was perhaps thinking and looking at them the back end of last year and I was 
uh, due to a change of car and I looked at Kias and I looked at Hyundai's and different ones like that. But for the money involved, you know, you could be talking, you're talking over 50 grand and in some cases up to, to 60 grand. I couldn't help but think maybe they're not, it's just not the right time. Not just yet. I wonder how many other people feel the same. And papers also talk today of things that you buy and don't buy and who influences you. Advertising is a big influencer. Word of mouth is another one. But influencers themselves don't appear to be uh, all that high on the scale of reasons to buy a product. Influencers and celebrity endorsements uh, affecting the style of choice. Well, only 4% of people say that they're actually influenced in what they buy by influencers. That's the story that makes the Times UK today. And Adele makes all of the papers because maybe things aren't all that... um, well, you know, straightforward when it comes to Adele being heartbroken about cancelling her Vegas gigs. They were due to start at the weekend. She cancelled them, I think, on the Thursday. There was people already in Vegas for the concerts when she pulled out. Now, this isn't one or two gigs. Like it's, I think it's like, I think it's like a three-month residency that she had organised uh, to play at uh, at the at the Palace in Las Vegas. But apparently, the big deal there at Caesar's Palace was she didn't like the sound system which was perfectly good, they're saying in the papers today, for the likes of Madonna, Mariah Carey and Celine Dion. But they're saying not good enough for Adele. So she wanted it all ripped out and a brand new sound system of her own uh, making installed. But of course, they couldn't get the sound system to Vegas fast enough in various parts of the world. And so she just pulled the plug on the whole thing. And an awful lot of people are annoyed about it. Imagine those that were actually there are flying to Vegas at the time would have a lot to say about that. Anyway, lines are open. You can text 0868104106. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now on the new number 0818104106. Lots of positivity, of course, in the papers this morning, certainly after the weekend. I see the Echo chatting with the likes of the Franciscan Well. They're chatting with Sean McCarthy over in Soho. They chatted with Philip Gillivan over in the Shelburne Bar. I'm sure the restaurants were also saying the same, that it was great news. It was Dublin public and quoted in The Independent this morning where he says, you know, it has now put air back into the city's lungs, which was missing for so long, because of course many businesses were on life support. Uh, so air back into the city's lungs in Dublin could equally be said about Cork. Seamus described it as being like uh, Christmas time. Uh, Ernest Cantlin has two establishments, of course, in the city. He's got electric and he's got uh, sober lane. Curious to see how he got on over the weekend. He joins me by phone. Ernest, good morning. Hey Neil, thanks, thanks for thinking of me. So, as they say, how was it for you? Yeah, <laughs> I was, it was a great buzz. It, it was very, um, it was kind of Christmas Eve, if that makes sense, and that everyone was just in really good form. Uh, and it was um, like it was just for a town, that, a night that town's very busy. There was no hassle. Uh, it was just a, a great buzz. And people, funnily enough, people actually uh, still came out early. You know, for us anyway, we were still tapering off at a, eleven or twelve o'clock. I think you know people have. Definitely some of the old habits, you know, as in from the last two years, have are around to stay a little bit, I think, you know. Hard to break the old habits. Yeah. <laughs> one one habit that they probably were happy to take back up was sitting at a bar counter, was it? Yeah, they were the first seats to be taken. And it's funny, I suppose, customers obviously see that from their perspective. But if you think about, um, for a bartender, uh, like you're, you're making drinks, that's a very repetitive job all night long in, a, in one small area, particularly not on the floor. So the changing customers is the variety. You know, 
somebody who follows the same soccer team as you, a regular, people on the first date and having crack with them. So that that really makes like our life as servers, you know, the night goes way faster as well, like, you know. Yeah, I mean just just thinking it through, there was of course no no restrictions whatsoever on the door, no need of a pass, no QR code, people with or without vaccinations, all welcome, wasn't it? Um Yeah, what, what, it was. Yeah. So that's you know that's 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 amazing. And on top of that, indoors then, what's the story? Do, do you still put a mask on moving around or going to the loo or anything? No. Funnily enough, that is regulation. But I think most people did. I, th- I think there's there's uncertainty, and also I suppose it's maybe courteous is unfair to people who don't do it. But I think people feel look, you know, it's it's a small hassle. It, it's routine as well. There's still, but it's funny as you said about uh, all welcome. Um, it's nice to be able to just hold the door open for someone. Literally just to welcome them into your premises. I know, and say, yeah, this, yeah. That's the other thing. Yeah. Can I see this and that? And then, especially for foreign people, if there's a language barrier and you're not that familiar with the past and you're trying to judge it, but you're still trying to be welcome and say, look, we just, you know, bear me a minute. We want you to come in. We want you to be welcome, especially. <laughs> There's not many tourists around at the moment, you know, so you want to, yeah. you really want to up your game for the few that are. I'm just curious, did you observe people in the way they interact with each other, you know, was there hesitancy about hugging or was it, you know, shaking yeah, hands we were, or, or what? We were chatting amongst ourselves, particularly in Sober Lane, you'd see lots of, um, there's always fierce banter between, you know, boys and girls or boys and boys or whatever, but people on the pole basically. And we also see that two years, <laughs> they'll be a lot that. And, and there actually wasn't because I think groups were out it was just, uh, that's why it says kind of like Christmas Eve, people haven't, you know, gone out with their buddies, you know, for so long. It was just about those groups, like, you know, just catching up. Like, there was so much. And I think because before Christmas, I even know myself, and you're probably the same, you meet your school friends or college friends, whatever, and none of those happened because we were all meeting grandparents and, you know, behaving, whatever. And I think they've all been delayed till now. So those, like, long overdue catch-ups were yeah. happening. You could see people were like you'd go down even in the restaurant you know you're ready to order you know just come back to cinnamon just come back to cinnamon because they were you know and there was no pressure you know would you like when you know would you like dessert would you like a coffee you know we don't need the table back you know instead of it's five days like if you want dessert you're going to have to wolf I know that was tough wasn't it going around I mean pubs going around asking people if they wanted a last drink at quarter past seven you know so they'd have them out by eight it was yeah but so, so I can understand I can understand so why people are saying it was like Christmas week the catch-up that you just described across Christmas week with people you hadn't seen. And was it, was it, a, did you see people for the first time in a long time, I wonder, that just hadn't been in? Particularly in the restaurant, because I think that's a bit of a, a halfway house. It's, um, you know, tables are still distant and it's a camera, you know, I'm still to use the word safer, but, you know, a, a more structured environment. Yeah. And, um, uh, and I think that's a good kind of, Entry, you know, it's okay. You know, I'm happy to go out with that, you know, etc. Because in a pub, no matter what happens, people are still going. Oh, how's it going? You know, somebody knows somebody at your table, and they're going to chat and what pubs are made for. But that happens less so in restaurants. So definitely in the restaurant, and we've with our booking system, you can see if somebody's booked before and when they last booked. So we had a good last of people who we haven't seen either since since summer twelve months ago when that kind of first. It's all over. Thing I happened. know. Actually, that's or, a very interesting point you make because yeah. restaurateurs were telling me that, you know, maybe last year, certainly the year before, they'd have to tell somebody in a restaurant who walked to another table to chat with someone that you can't do yeah. that. And when the drink was in, it was harder to do that. When you look back, yeah. we were in a really tough place. Well, it's just, look, you, you've been in this business, so you know, you, you, you make every effort to make a place where people want to do those yeah. things. You know, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and places, go, people go where, where uh, their um, where their friends go and in the hope that they'll meet them and they know the staff and even say if a waitress wasn't or waiter wasn't on your server you know your regulars they go over and chat and kind of 
control that. It just takes a bit of the rela- you know relaxation out of like what we do, helping people relax. So yeah. Them, yeah. it was just a really nice. And because there was no time pressures and everyone was a good form, like I suppose we were were definitely rusty because we haven't done that volume of people. And uh, while our chefs played a blinder, it, there was definitely a wait for food or a wait for cocktails. Not a bother. No like, bother. Everyone just understood, yeah. you know, yeah. like, um, and it was just a really nice atmosphere. Like, you know, it was, it was and I, it's funny, um, it, uh, people weren't kind of on the lash either, if you know what I mean, because it was just genuinely the concentration. Relief. Evening, like, yeah. Was, yeah. Really, yeah, relief and just, you know, catching up and because there was no time pressure, not in any rush. And as I said, because people went out early, like there was, they headed home at whenever they wanted. It yeah. was nice. Um, yeah. It was a little snapshot, I suppose, of kind of what things could be like the best of both worlds, like, you know? Yeah, great relief then, a weight off your shoulders to be back well, open again in trading. Yeah, right? just yeah. To, to know that you'll be able to give people a full roster of hours and that, you know, I suppose with with business, while while there are external pressures, really you're kind of the master of your own destiny. And and I mean that for everyone on the crew. We serve the best food and we look after the customer as best we can. There's a good chance they'll come back, you know, and we'll be open next That's week and next week and hopefully That's next it. year. Old fashioned service. When yeah. you can yeah. So when you're when we're kind of empowered to do that again, it's just letting us that's what we do. You know, and it's a great it's it's nice to be able to do what you're good at and what you you know, you've chosen to do. So that was, that, it was nice for everyone. This Fair play. Well, it's great to be having the bands with you about it because it was a, a very important weekend, the first one back. I'll let you get on with it, Ernest. Thanks so much for Thank taking you. the call. Appreciate Cheers, it. pal. Ernest Cantlin at uh, Sober Lane and uh, also at Electric. Meanwhile, uh, down on Oliver Plunker Street, now the Old Oak is one heck of a popular spot uh, by day in the evenings and into the wee small hours. Of course, it's an amazing complex. Uh, Owner Hearn is the entertainment's manager, live music booker at the Oak. Oh, and good morning. Good morning, Neil. Thanks for having me. Well done. So you got over the first Saturday and indeed Sunday night. How did it go? Yeah, definitely. It was good to be back. Um, it was great buzz around town at the weekend. Um, we were uh, very, very busy with uh, queues for, for most of Saturday. And uh, we uh, the, the, the local legend that is dead, Trevor Fitz, was rocking the dance floor on Saturday night and rowing me and then last night. Um, oh, it's so great it was, to hear uh, that you had disc jockeys back. back. Well done. That was all jocks then, was it? Yeah, just for this weekend, yeah, it was all disc jockeys. I think it was Fantastic. the weekend that was in it, you wanted to fall on party mode. And, da- and dancing is okay now, is it? Having a boogie? Yeah, that, everything's back. <laughs> so everything's back to normal. Um, there, there, was, there was some people a bit rusty on the dance floor, trying to draw the count, but they, 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 got, they got through it without breaking hips. <laughs> you know, so. so cues outside, such was the popularity. Yeah, that, that was very good. Um, like we, we were full from about maybe eight, nine o'clock onwards, um, and then come ten o'clock, you we just kind of basically just called it a day. So anyone that was in the queue from that time on then just didn't get in. I know they had to go someplace. Um, but and what's what was the age profile like? Curiously, um, this weekend it was a bit, the Oak always has a mix of all ages. Um, but this weekend I suppose it was really kind of twenty and thirty somethings. Uh, with them in the main um, the kind of 40s and 50 somethings they're a bit more nervous I'd say coming out just yet um, they might venture as far it. as the suburbs for now before they head into the uh, mayhem of the city you think like exactly exactly <laughs> um, like what we're finding with the upstairs in Cypress Avenue obviously over the last months with uh, the earlier shows um, there, there are kind of the older audiences at those like we had a Beatles, a Beatles tribute last week and like Paddy Dennehy and Joshua Burns out at the weekend, so the age profile was older uh, for seated events, but yeah. they were very, quite comfortable. So, are you going to ro- are you going to roll into more and more live gigs then at the at Cyprus? 
Yes, definitely. Um, but, it, but it does mean for us now with the restrictions being lifted, it means our full programme of February can go ahead. So the likes of The Darkness, Maverick Sabre, Wild Youth, Damien Dempsey, Emma Langford, Jack O'Rourke. Oh my uh, God, that's Gabby incredible. James, Macy, Macy Gray, all those can start happening now. My God, that's an incredible lineup for February. And tell me, were they all on standby? Because you had to make some calls pretty quickly, didn't you? Um, no, a lot of these were booked. Um, well, Macy Gray's been due to play since 2020. Wow. <laughs> that way, uh, whereas The Darkness, they would have been booked last, uh, last October. And they would have been booked in the hope that a change would be coming, is it? Yes, because um, obviously when last October, we, we thought we were back permanently. Um, but obviously that, that didn't materialise but um, thankfully we're, we're back open and now again in time for these shows That's fantastic and of course we also heard that St. Patrick's weekend will go ahead we'll have a longer weekend, parades will be there uh, so a lot of activity for the pubs, late bars, nightclubs and nightclubs are back too so it's going to be our first festival weekend isn't too far away Yeah that's it so it, it gives us a couple of weeks to get up to speed before we hit the mayhem of, uh, of, of St. Patrick's Festival That's fantastic um, Yeah so on the nightclub side of things we'll probably start that maybe next week we might leave this week alone just get back up to speed and make sure all the policies are in place Um, because obviously it kind of came out of the blue the the, the reopening was so quick were you surprised Um, at how fast Owen? um, definitely because it it was kind of said it was going to be done in a phased manner um, and it just came out of the blue on on Friday on Thursday night there was kind of there was rumours that it might be open for the weekend, but we but we kind of surely not. You know, there's, there's no way they'll open everything. Yeah, and they did. And how do and you then, staff up sure, that sure quickly? Was that a problem? Um, no, we, we have we've we've kept uh, most of the staff employed throughout uh, the last few months uh, without having to, to kind of lay in or off or, or anyone going on, on on the pub. So we had enough staff to definitely for this weekend. But as we go back, we'll say to we'll say the the late nights, yeah, two thirty and finishes. Then we'll need some more, right? Yeah. So you're hiring then? Yes. Who isn't so, uh, as you? Uh, Everyone's hiring at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, that's it. That's it, and it's good. It's going to have to be done. Um, Front page of the Echo sums it up this morning. The good times are back, which is absolutely yeah. true. You, and just finally, do you see a lot of familiar faces for the first time in a while? Then. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of people you wouldn't have seen, you know, for maybe since October times. So you're talking about three or four months now that you would that you wouldn't have had them back in the building. You know, incredible lineup for um, February. I'd encourage people to check out your good, website. Good to to see. Yeah, all good to be and, back. Um, all good to be back. Fair play to you. Listen, thanks for taking. You probably had late nights, so if I dragged you out of bed, my apologies. But thanks no, all the not same. At all, not all at right. all. Okay, thank that's you. some lineup for February. Well done. I'd encourage people to go and check it out on your website. Good luck with it. Okay, thanks. Cheers, Owen. Take care from the old oak. Text 0868104106. Unfortunately, of course, while everything was rocking and everybody was behaving themselves and having a good time, we saw the video footage of some uh, fights and attacks on Lee side at the weekend, sadly. Here's a text um, from somebody uh, who possibly saw it. Great to see everyone and everywhere opening up again at the weekend. I was out myself uh, Wednesday and it was a a fab night. Sorry, it wasn't Wednesday, it would have been the weekend, it says Wednesday here. I don't want to put a damper on it, uh, but just wondering if anyone else saw all of the fighting uh, in the city. When one fight stopped, another one started. There were younger people, all right, but I thought it was frightening to watch. People are getting kicked and hit uh, when they're even on the ground. It was shocking to see. I'm in my late 20s and I have uh, seen a lot, but what I saw was absolutely scary. Yeah, and then there was the video that's doing the rounds, a terrible, of course, knife. 
knife attacks are just increasing and increasing and increasing and I know I go on about it a lot and I hope the judges are taking it an awful lot more seri- seriously. I know the guards are if anybody stopped with the knife but saw a bit of video at the weekend with a guy whose hand was slashed open by a knife and I'm talking about a big, big gash now. Um, it's just worrying it really and truly is that somebody can whip out a knife like that. Anyway, text 0868104106. We'll pick it up after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. And if you're out at the weekend, do text. Let us know how you got on. Text 0868104106. Over to the other side of the river we go, over to the San Franciscan Well uh, on the North Mile. Shane Long is there. Shane, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Thanks for the thanks for the invite. Not at all, man. It's great to talk to people who are open. You you were, I suppose, it's fair to say everybody kind of got a bit caught on the hop, but you were able to scramble the troops. I hope we were extremely lucky, and we've got a fantastic workforce there. Most of them we kept on all the way through the pandemic, uh, so they've been extremely loyal all the way through, and, and and certainly came up trumps for us on the night. That was on the Saturday night. Yes. Yes. A lot of people, of course, would have been kind of mad keen to get out. And somebody was saying in the Echo this morning that they feel sorry for anybody who is engaging in dry January. I'd say a few people knocked that on the head, would you think? Most definitely. Uh, we had one of our old regulars came back to us. Uh, he hasn't had a drink since uh, March 14, 2019, because he didn't want to have a drink unless he was sitting at the counter. Um, <laughs> there are some funny stories like that going around, yeah. <laughs> Were they the first seats to be taken then, the bar counters? Oh, you, you could have sold them for 100 euros. <laughs> Why do you think that is? I think it's just the way the Irish people are. It's our culture. It's it's how we like to engage, you know. They kind of sidle up saying, is it all right if I sit at the bar? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Very emotional night. Any any anxiety at all with people in? Did it seem weird to anybody? There uh, there was. There definitely was. Certainly with the older clientele. Um, in, 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 in our bar, we have a huge cross-section. It, 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 there isn't one demographic coming in. And certainly the older people wanted to be seated. Um, the, the, the vertical drinking will, will take some time. The vertical drinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the younger people have no issue, but uh, certainly with, with people my age and older. Uh, and did you, um, did you do food and everything? Oh, yes. Yep, yep. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Sure did. More, more of those super pizzas and stuff. Absolutely. With yeah. Pompeii. Amazing. Best pizza in Cork. <laughs> <laughs> So a big sigh of relief, because it must have been difficult over the past two years, definitely on life support and awful lot of businesses. So hopefully that's behind us now, don't you think? Um, I certainly hope so. Um, Judging by the weekend, I mean, yesterday was very strong as well. Um, We have an awful lot of bookings now going forward. Um, So I'd say say hopefully we're we're out the gap and, and... and heading for the good times. I loved I love the papers this morning because there's a great we get a great sense of the style of people that perhaps they didn't get an opportunity to dress up or get their glad rags on, but everybody was turned out looking so really well. Probably the first time in a long time. Um, I don't know when the eight o'clock came in there, Neil. People, younger people in particular, they they changed the, the way that they were they were socialising. Ah, yeah, but they, not if you have again. to be out at eight o'clock, like. Ah, uh, but they were still coming up dressed up. You know, they were they were they were making the most of of the situation. Yeah, I suppose you're right. It's just that we have an opportunity, certainly in the Echo this morning and online, to see photograph after photograph of groups of people. Lots of them, groups of girls who are out celebrating, maybe just celebrating, getting back together again, uh, and they look fantastic. All of the style is on. There's one here celebrating her birthday, and they all have the sashes on and stuff like that. You know, it looks great. 
Uh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant, especially for the younger people to see them out socialising and enjoying life. Okay, so all good at the Franciscan Well, open for business, okay. food and drinks. Bring it on, says you. Absolutely. Thank you, Neil. Appreciate it. Take care. Nice one. Cheers, Shane. Well done. Text 0868104106 if you were out over the weekend. Seamus certainly was. Um, and I got two different reports from Seamus this morning. Uh, just literally inside in town, chatting with people, with Carconians regarding their new sense of freedom, I suppose, if you like. Ask them how they felt about it. Um, you know, this was uh, probably in and around Saturday afternoon. Um, and he described it to me, actually, as a bit like Christmas Eve. Have a listen. Don't be afraid of your freedom! So the restrictions all came in very slowly, step by step, and then all of a sudden they're gone completely. It just doesn't make sense. Would you have preferred it on a phase basis? I would have preferred it on a phase basis. Like it came in, yeah. How was the last 22 months for you? It was tough, but we got through it. Some of us didn't work. I didn't work for a bit, then I've gone back to work. And I'll keep wearing my mask. I just think it's been very difficult because you're trying to balance a pandemic versus your your everyday healthcare. So very difficult to get a, the right balance. And, and you're dealing with something we've never dealt with before. We really, you know, they were trying to do their best with what they knew at the time they knew it. You know, so uh, unfortunately... Yeah, it's been a long 22 months. I'm I'm glad we're on the other side of it now for me anyway and for my family, you know, so. Will you be going to the pub, sitting at the bar? <laughs> we don't really go to the pub anyway, so. Um, no, but I do think I have that feeling like I could go out there now, you know what I mean? So it's... It's, it's, it's an option where it's yeah. before it wasn't. Yeah, absolutely. And if for some reason you had a, a party or, or somebody wanted to meet you that you haven't been able to really meet for the last while, you'll have that option to go and see them now in in uh, like a pub or a restaurant or, you know, and so on and so forth. So Would you give them a hug and a handshake? I'd definitely give them a hug, you know. <laughs> I'm not so sure about the handshake, but they definitely go to give them a hug. You haven't seen somebody that long, you know. Um, yeah, and I just probably keep wearing the mask at the same yeah. time, you know, just, just for their sake. Well, I want any old time. Can't wait to sit the back on, actually. I'm delighted. <laughs> I'm delighted, you know. And what is it uh, between sitting at the bar counter and just sitting at a table? Well, What's basically, the bar counter is your own little space. You can sit on your own, you can read a book, and you just can drink away and have a chat with the customer behind the counter at the bar, the person behind the bar, and have a chat with them. Where when you were sitting, where they don't table service, like it was too much for the, the staff, like it was too much. You know? So you, you missed it, is what you're saying? I missed the whole line. I missed it. At least we're back to normal anyway, especially the nightclubs. We're all vaccinated, boosted at this stage, so you just have to get on with life. Yeah. And you're, you're down in court for the weekend? We're just here for the, the day. day. <laughs> we haven't been able to use our free travel since this came in, and this is our first trip on our free travel. First trip to the real capital, and then it's well, the you know, whatever, whatever you think, you go on fooling yourself. Okay, but shall we let you? You're lovely people. And are you going to the bar now, sorry? No, we're going, going in the market. And we need to find other interesting places to visit. Do you think the, I suppose, lockdown over the last 22 months, in hindsight, was it worth it when you've got a million on the hospital waiting list, you've got the school system in tatters? Well, I think they did what they had to do. I think they did what they had to do. I think I wouldn't blame any government. I'd hate to be in government at the moment. No, I think they did. I think they've managed it well. I, I, I do feel sorry for the people that didn't get the surgery, but we could all be dead if they hadn't taken the steps. To me, that it's fantastic. People are in good. Everybody's in good humour. It's great. And has it been like that at the meat centre here in the in the in the uh, English market for the last 22 months, or have you seen a big change of people since yesterday's announcement? 
Well, definitely people's humours are better, but people always kind of... They try their best, like, they just have to try their best. You, you can't do nothing about it, you know? It seems to be a, a big closure, whereas before it would have been all social distancing, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I suppose. Well, you can still see people are very conscious. I, and I think that's going to take a long time to change. But at least the humours are better. People are in better form, you know? I am definitely, anyway. I just can't wait to get rid of these masks. I think the, the, the virus is waning now, so it is. And it'll get weaker and weaker. And please God, it'll be gone before the summer. And, like, you have a business here in the English market, don't you? Yes. How have you seen business over the last 22 months? Have you seen a dramatic change now? Well, we've obviously missed uh, some customers, like um, the office customers we've missed. uh, normally people from the offices would come in at lunchtime or they come in at five o'clock before they went home. We've missed all of those and they've been a great loss to us. And of course the restaurants or restaurant business has been diminished because they're not open um, as many hours as they used to be before and their business has diminished therefore what they're buying off us has diminished as well so you would hope after last night's announcement that that would start ramping up well i hope so yes i hope so and we're very hopeful so please god please god he says Uh, very interesting there one person saying that she's okay with the hugging but not with the handshakes. You wonder whether handshakes will ever come back again and maybe it would be a good thing if they never did. You know, from the point of view of, you know, passing on viruses and what have you, maybe it mightn't be a bad thing if we all just kept on sanitizing our hands. You know, it might keep you healthier. You mightn't get a cold as often. You mightn't get the flu. Hugging probably is a bit safer, I suppose, than handshakes. But anyway, text 0868104106. So a lot of relief. That's the first part of uh, Seamus's report from uh, Cork City on Saturday. We'll play the second one later on. But your text is welcome, particularly if you were out. Yes? Okay, well, yeah, thank you. A text to here says, I just want to say, it's great, as you say, that hospitality is reopening fully again to all. However, I am disappointed with the news that kids will have to remain mad asked in schools, says Melissa. This is just nothing short of an absolute disgrace. Masks have made absolutely no difference to the spread of Omicron, uh, and most of my three daughters' classes caught it over the last month while masked. It's very hard for them to wear them all day and would surely lead to different problems down the line. I'm sure this delay is because of the slow uptake of the vaccines and boosters in the younger age groups. This is ridiculous when all the data says the vaccines aren't working to prevent transmission and children anyway are at very little risk of serious illness. Uh, My own gang all had it in November. All fine, thank God. But the push to vaccinate younger children is crazy. I hope common sense will prevail and the schools remove this ridiculous rule, says Melissa. Well, it's not the schools as such, you see. They're only following the guidelines and the regulations that they're given. Melissa probably would agree that perhaps it makes no sense you'd have kids in schools with masks when you'd have people jammed in pubs and nightclubs and late bars all up and close with each other and interacting with each other with no masks on at all. So text 0868104106 on that one. Back to the phone lines we go. James is standing by. First up, David. Good morning, Neil. Good you're, morning. Not, you're not 100% happy, no? Why? No, well, first of all, you, t- you, you, you just mentioned there about 20 minutes ago regarding... Our big festival coming up in uh, Paddy's weekend. Extra There's long weekend. weekend, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, I, I, I just only hope that um, <laughs> that the government have made the right decision, lifting all the restrictions that 
that by the time March comes around that we won't be back in the same uh, the same predicament, you know. But what I've been saying for months, Neil, like that, look, we have to get on. We all know what to do, the washing our hands and case social distancing and all that. And everything, you know, just have to, you just have to get on with our lives and do the best we can. But however, um, the one restriction I think that should be still left there is um, producing your shirt going to hospitality. Uh, why? Why? Because um, I uh, because I felt safe and I go down for a drink maybe once a week and I I felt safe. But um, sure, like you, you could be carrying around a cert, you could be carrying around a cert that um, you know, say last December that was six months old. You didn't. Well, I, didn't, yeah, but I had the booster. All I, I had. All right. Well, then, the yeah. But if the, even if the booster cert was a week old, or two days old, or three days old, it didn't stop anything. We saw that yeah, with but, the, yeah. the numbers. Yeah, but my my point, Neil, is that is that I, I don't know how many people in the in the country at the moment are not vaccinated. I believe it's pretty high. Could be a couple hundred thousand people. I don't know. But like, if I went to the airport and you went to the airport and everyone else went to the airport of getting their three vaccinations um, and other people couldn't be bothered they're backside getting a vaccination and then there could, be, there could be three people within 10 feet of you inside in the bed not vaccinated and, you know, it's not it's probably still it's, it's not a safe area to be yeah, I imagine there still are people who are a little bit hesitant and maybe still have a bit of anxiety and won't want to go into social settings I understand that but 22 nearly 23 months later with the back broken on this very much and Omicron not a big deal as everybody had been worried that but it would have been yeah, but, but, but it's time not to move on yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. We should get on with all that. But I would not maintain that, that people that, you know, that I could be bothered getting vaccinated. I don't agree with vaccinations. And then I put, but they still get into the bar, no problem. And I, you and me went to the airport of getting vaccinated. Yeah. Cause you know we, what I mean? Cause so we should, it, I, t- I felt safer in the bar, like um, when the stocks were being checked. I, I felt 100% safe. Well, 98% safe, but... No, you don't know. It. You yeah, so your, the issue is that you don't feel safe because the unvaccinated are in. Correct. Yeah. yeah. In, sp- in spite you of know? the fact that the, the viral load will decrease now as we head into the spring. They're talking about they figure up to maybe 500,000 people were getting the Omicron virus a week recently. An awful lot of people have it. We've built up all sorts of immunities against it. And it's time now to start treating it like a flu or a cold. I mean, you, you wouldn't have problems going in to a pub on the basis of a flu, would you? No, not really, no. No, no, no. But she does no flu, no, Neil. I, I, didn't, I didn't know anyone for the last two years. I, I thought there's no one that had the flu. It seems to be completely gone. Yeah. Um, it's not, it, I, I, yeah, it's not, it's not sour I'm grapes not. on your behalf that you feel that the unvaccinated have been left off the hook, kind of, is it? A little bit, yeah. Just It's just that you, you, you don't know. Like, I mean, if you're in the bar now and there's, say, 50 or 60 people in there, you, you don't know how many... You don't know how many out of 50 or 60 are, are not vaccinated. You don't know, like, and as you said, like, even if you did pick up the, 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 the virus, like, it isn't the, the Omicron. It's, it's, yeah, but you'd prefer virus. for the unvaccinated to be kept outdoors? Oh, I would, t- yeah, I would, yeah, I feel safer because I have, uh, um, no, okay. I, I have a serious underlying condition okay. and I would feel safer. Okay, yeah. John, morning. I know you in the past described it almost like a form of apartheid for you guys who weren't vaccinated. Isn't that well, right? Well, th- well, that's what it is. And obviously this caller, right? Well, so Dave, Dave has underlying conditions. He's just yeah, nervous was, around you guys. I, I, was just, I was just going to get to that. Thing. But look, 
with the greatest respect to Dave, right, if he has underlying conditions, right, he has to make that choice about going in and if I'm in the bar as well, the unvaccinated. I am proud to be unvaccinated like the other thousands of her out there, part of the 5%, whatever, right? We held the line. We didn't give in. I'm still as healthy as I was. I looked after myself. I took my vitamins. I took whatever, right? But it's obviously, look, if you have underlying conditions, you have to uh, weigh that up yourself. But the whole of society can't be held back just because someone has an underlying condition. They must decide themselves whether they take a chance of going to a bar and if they pick something up, if there's someone... Anyway, look, just carry on like him blaming me and others out there, Neil, right? That's not on. Because we know now the first two vaccines, they're, they're, they're they win. They uh, didn't no. last. They're I, no I, pushing I, listen, the booster. I know, that's the history lesson, and I'm not in yeah, the blame even, game. Even, we, with the, even with the booster, right? You can still spread it. You still have a word, Lord. You can still spread it. So, I mean... I, He's I, just I saying that, that it's too early. You know, it's still we're still in January. It's too well, early to be the, lifting the certs. Okay. The pro- you know, the you can go back is, to closing times whenever you want and serve food until midnight, whatever you want. But that well, the, the, the problem is, like, I mean, when, when, when is early enough? Like, I mean, are we going to wait till after Paddy's Day? Are we going to wait till after Easter? Do we wait till the summer comes? I was in town Saturday night. No, I didn't still play it. But, I mean, the place is absolutely hopping. It was fantastic to walk through town and the buzz and the atmosphere. Was it your first the, time indoors in places in a long time? It was, yeah, because when I was locked out completely, I couldn't go in anywhere. No matter what time or what schedule was there in any bar or any restaurant, I was completely barred. Where did you go? Africa. Sorry? Where did you go? I popped into the Shelburne and I went into the, the Metavern. And, uh, did it feel walked. weird, like, all those months later? Well, it, it, it did feel strange, you know what I mean, that I could actually walk in the door. But, I mean, like, to suggest at this stage, like, you mean, that in the past... Anyway, listen, we're out the gap now, and there's no going back, because if the government no going back now, there would be absolute... There's no talk, no. no, there's no talk of that. It's just a man making an observation that he's underlying health conditions. Yeah, but you see, you're, you're, again, like, uh, as I said, I have the greatest respect for anyone with underlying conditions, like this caller. But don't put me putting it on me now that I should stay out of... He's almost saying, like, you mean, that I should stay out forever and the unvaccinated, that we're the, the unclean of society... Will we ever be allowed? I said to you that before, Neil. Were we ever going to be allowed back in? Well, we're back in, no, we held the line, we didn't get vaccinated, like, and we're entitled to take part in society just like everyone else. And I'll finish on this, this idea of having mass on young children and even giving them vaccines, no, at this stage, like, I mean, five and six and seven-year-olds is absolutely ridiculous. All right, and we'll pick it up after 10 o'clock. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Hey, it's Kira. Tune in to Saturday Breakfast on Red FM from 7am and wake up your weekend with music, chats and all that's happening in Cork. That's Saturday Breakfast on Red FM with me, Kira Revens. 104 to 106 Red FM. This is the Neil Frienderville Show. And as always, your calls are welcome. Brand new phone number 0818104106. And if you're out over the weekend, you'd like to share 0868104106 by text. And I'll come back to more texts, calls, and emails throughout the morning. But I did get an opportunity to book in some time with Dr. Kira Staunton. She's the uh, forensic psychologist at UCC and is head of the adult continuing education courses. You may well ask the question why. Well, last Last week, I discovered that they're holding uh, a course um, on the criminal mind. It's uh, a course, an introduction to the criminal and forensic psychology. And the reason I was very interested in it, of course, is because we are reporting more and more murder, assault, rape uh, in Ireland. We're hearing more of parents who kill their children 
Um, oh, it's just oh so sad. And a lot of it, of course, is all, you know, a lot of it can be traced to in some of those instances anyway. People who are very, very well are unwell mentally. But, and that's, and of course, then last week, of course, we had the tragic news of the uh, murder of Ashling Murphy. And we know what that's like, uh, a young girl out in case of Ashling walking. And we know of uh, uh, Rachel Kiley, who um, years back was literally just going for a jog in Ballancolic Park. And she also lost her life. So it's a very, very interesting course because it deals with things like, um, you know, the uh, deviant behaviours of child molesters, paedophiles, rapists and murderers. And it's a very fascinating course. And with that in mind, Kira's coming on air just to chat about it a little bit. Dr. Kira, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm well. I mean, I, I probably could speak to you for hours about this, but clearly I can't. The, the Part of the course introduction says to understand can we ever actually understand these things, though? Well, if I had a quick answer to that, Neil, you know, the course would be defunct, wouldn't it, really? Yeah. But you're absolutely right. It is the first question people ask. Any student who comes to this course, I've been running it for years. You've mentioned some of those cases that I talked through during this course. They are so tragic. Is that understanding peace? I think people are, we fear and we we are afraid of violence that appears random, you know, like the attack on Ashley Murphy last week. It really does lead, delve into that public consciousness, especially for women of the kind of scenario we fear the most. However, most crime, violence, murder happens between people who know each other. That's right. But yeah. look, yeah. But 14% are strangers, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, yes, yes. I mean, it does happen. It does happen. But when you look at the statistics... It doesn't account for where the real endemic lies between yeah, gender-based yeah, violence. Yeah. But they do; these crimes do happen. And can we understand them? Well, I'd like to think that after 10 weeks, the students who come and take this course have a better understanding or a deeper understanding of the potential factors that could lead to that scenario in that given moment at that time. When you look at when you tear it apart, you look at the context, you look at the individuals involved, the offender, the victim what brought them both to that moment, at that point in time, there's a myriad of issues that we need to focus on in order to just get that deeper understanding of those issues. So I suppose there's a subsection you drill into in the case of violent assault, rape, murder, issues like that, the planned and the unplanned, is it? Well, precisely, yes, and you're capturing it there. There is a dichotomy between those that are planned and premeditated versus those that they may appear random, but I prefer to use the term opportunistic. So an opportunity has presented itself, but to the person who has committed that crime, it isn't random. And what I mean by that is this is something that has been in their mind for a considerable amount of time. What has happened is a set of circumstances have created the perfect opportunity. And that's why it may appear random. So when we look at offenders, and we look at the thought patterns, we look at the emotions, we look at any deviancies that they may have, you start to realize that in their mind, something has unraveled and has led to this point. You know, so from the out, when you look at outward, inward, it may appear sudden, violent, uh, abrupt, out of nowhere. But actually, that's not really the case. You need to have a deeper understanding of that person, what they're thinking how they're feeling, as I say, and assess them uh, for any potential personality disorders or other deviant paraphilia that they may have. Like what? I mean, we often hear of, you know, tracing it back to their childhood. and We hear that an awful lot with serial killers, for instance, don't we? 
You do, you do, and that is still the big unanswered question. So look, we, we certainly start this course looking at childhood and adverse childhood experiences and the potential, the influence of the trauma has on all of our lives that lead to an increased risk of mental health issues. And as part of that, there is a small aspect that could potentially make somebody more vulnerable to the propensity towards violence. Now, of course, that doesn't excuse or explain everything about violent behaviour, but it's certainly some of those early seeds when they were sown might help unravel some of the clues. That they may have been victims of abuse or or they may have witnessed it, because it's unfair to say, I don't have the stats for it, but surely it would be unfair to say that people who are abused go on to abuse. They don't. No, they don't. Absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. It's very important to get that message across. Um, in fact, that is not the case. There is some evidence to suggest that people who become abusers and adults may very well have been victims also, but that does not account for the majority of uh, men especially who go on to commit either child sexual abuse or rape or any other crime that involves a sexual component um, and a violent uh, component. So, you know, that's, that's not borne out in the evidence. So, again, looking back to childhood, it answers some of the questions. Again, it deepens our understanding, but it doesn't give any a neat answer, Neil. I suppose that's, that's the reality of it. There is no one neat answer that I can provide that helps explain but could it be that they're they're sociopaths perhaps that they just have no sense of right or wrong whatsoever correct so we don't use the term sociopath anymore but we do use the term a psychopath now a psychopath again we cover it in this course captures exactly that kind of person as most serial killers are in fact psychopaths and psychopathy is a constellation of personality traits so when we use that term, what most people think of is a violent offender. But what is it about the person? So there are 20 traits. You're looking at things like a lack of empathy, a lack of remorse, a total disregard for law, rules, people with no morals. So for them, the commission of a crime really doesn't cause them any kind of inner feeling of guilt or anxiety or any of the normal human emotions that most of us experience. There are people living among us who absolutely are devoid of that sense of empathy or an emotional connection to the world. So they look like us, they may act like us, but again, when you get to know them and look for the clues and look for the red flags and start to unravel how they are thinking and feeling about things, that's when you get an insight into that person. But for those that don't look for the clues or they don't attempt to unravel, they just meet fellow human beings and they would think that they're perfectly normal. There you go. For a, for a period of time, I would say. Um, and there are many people who will be able and have come to my courses who can explain that they were kind of at the receiving end of somebody like that. So it's hard to articulate but when you look at the insidious nature and the cumulative effect of those kind of personality traits, the penny drops and people say, ah, oh, OK, now I understand why that person behave like that or how that person they become a bully you know within interpersonal relationships that you you might fall in love with the person because at the beginning they're charming they say all the right things they do all the right things they know how to behave but it's not backed up by any deep sense of emotion they're really just playing a game wearing a mask and they will wear it as long as they get what they want so somebody that marries somebody who turns into be a monster out to be a monster wouldn't have known they were going to be a monster Absolutely not. 
Absolutely not. Not at the beginning. No. But over time, and luckily many people, you know, are able to extricate themselves from such relationships. But we've seen when that doesn't work. And we've seen, you mentioned it there at the top, there are so many women who have borne the brunt of this violent behaviour and at the extreme end have been murdered by their partners out of a sheer sense of entitlement. But I think part of the course, correct me if I'm wrong, connects that criminal behaviour with having a mental disorder, does it? We cover mental disorder and again, I write about this an awful lot, Mean, I'm at pains to explain that mental ill health in and of itself is not a risk factor for violence and murder. And it's very important for listeners to understand that because what happens is we do a disservice to those who suffer from mental ill health by making that that's association. Right. Yeah, that's right. Now, there are studies, and, and this is why, you know, it takes me about two hours to get to that point <laughs> when you come to the course. We have to look at that. And what do I really mean by that? And we look at the different kinds of mental health issues. We look at the area of, you know, if you look at the mental health hospital in Dundrum, you do have men serving sentences there because they have committed a violent crime and they also have a diagnosis of schizophrenia. But underlying that is something we call psychosis. And a psychosis has particular symptomatology that can at times be a risk factor towards violence. And what I mean by that, there are people who do suffer from hallucinations or delusions. And when they are of violent um, nature, then that is a risk factor. So it's not the mental ill health in and of itself. It's a particular aspect and I call this homicidal ideation. And we need to get better at looking for it and asking about it because it's not an easy question to ask. Yeah, but a lot of the time Are we hear they're thought? just quiet people who went around their own business. They wouldn't say boo to a cat. You'd never have thought it about him or indeed her until boom, they commit these horrible crimes. It's amazing. I mean, like it's almost like they're hiding in, our, in plain sight. Well, and that is true. You can't, you know, we don't wear these labels. Sure, we don't. I mean, and that is the reality of it. And you said it yourself, these are fellow human beings. And the mistake we make is to think that every human being is like the other. And in fact, that is the beauty of psychology, is understanding what makes us different. And when I talk to my students, we, we look at ourselves, we look at our own personalities and how we make judgments about people usually based on how they behave but actually for a psychologist it's far more important that we understand what that person is thinking but also what is the emotional background what's driving their behavior and what, so what so what is i mean is is it uh, is it is it driven by addictions as well as everything else is it driven by pornography um is it is it driven by power what it could be all of those things but again you have to separate we'd separate those out and again we'd look at particular cases so just to pick one of those uh, pornography or child sexual abuse well and that is an important factor to look at you look at the developing mind you look at the young person who's starting to discover their own sexuality you look at the influence that perhaps pornography can have on that on that realm of what might be considered adaptable, healthy levels of pornographic use versus something that is delving into something that's quite deviant. And of course, accessibility is a huge problem here. The kind of material that young people are exposed to. At a younger um, and younger age. At a younger and younger age. And for potentially conditioning themselves to be attracted to things which are, to all intents and purposes, not normal. But again, you see, you're, we're moving in here to this whole area of sexual deviancy and um, parasitic interests 
so on and so forth. You know, so we cover all of these issues in the course. But like as a psychologist, would you accept that, okay, you can look at uh, issues involving personality and and disorders within personality, but do you accept there are just evil people in the world? Mm, I'm, I'm not sure I could agree with the statement. They're, they, they're evil, they're aggrieved, they hate the world, it hasn't been kind to them, they just don't like people, they, they just have no sense of, well, if I go into right or wrong, then you can probably categorize that as some sort of a disorder. But they're just evil. Well, I, I certainly agree that there are people who are capable of committing very evil acts, no doubt about it, and we see it. Um, so, so, yes, if I was to agree with that statement at some level, I do. Are people born that way? That I'm not so sure about. But again, this is what courses like this, criminology, uh, sociology, psychology, this is where it all intersects, neuropsychology, science, medicine. You know, we're starting to get better at unlocking some of those clues um, that, that will help lead those potential answers. But we don't have, if somebody, and it is a question people ask, are people simply born bad? Um, and that's a difficult, very difficult one to answer categorically. There's another one for you that might well be difficult to answer. Are we all capable of murder, given the right circumstance? If I was a betting person, I would say potentially. The right, again, context is very important. The right set of circumstances is very important. But then again, there's no evidence to suggest that we, we do that. Because when you think of the kind of abuses that people do suffer you know, we could all turn to vigilantes and, and get, you know, our, uh, our revenge as such. But there is no real evidence to support that. What we have, in fact, are many people who bear significant trauma in their lives and potentially internalize it and suffer from it, that we're not outward focused, that we don't react or behave in ways that are not seen as socially or morally acceptable. Because for most people, we have morals. We understand law and order. We're respectful of that. But there are people who aren't. But they're in a minority. Yeah, but they even, even there's, there. yeah, there's another subsection, isn't there? Those that you just described there who are living with trauma and fear and terror and abuse all their lives. And they just eventually explode. And they take the life of their tormentor. You know? Well, yeah, it sounds like stuff of movies, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, we hear it in defense. Do you, do you look at the legal system then as well and the relationship with regards to the crime and the punishment? We do. We do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, that is a big part of, of, of this area is understanding the law and what the law says. Um, because oftentimes we talk about the legal kind of definitions of, of what a crime versus what might we might interpret as being a crime versus then the psychological aspects, which really have no place in the legal system. Um but where psychology steps in is understanding, uh, understanding the motivation, understanding uh, the style of offence, the modus operandi, uh, the signature behaviours, especially if we're dealing with deviant um, serial offenders. All of that can very help, and that is very helpful in terms of risk assessment. And that's the kind of work that psychologists do for somebody who's incarcerated and maybe looking at probation, maybe looking at release into the community. What kind of risk does that person posed to society are posed to themselves um, so those are very important questions that we do consider it's a really important job that isn't it making the call and whether somebody is suitable for um, you know reintroduction into society 
So it is, and that is the function of our penal service and probation and everybody who would sit on a probation panel. We have protective services now within Angarda Siakana. Many people who are aware of individuals who would be deemed high risk. Um, so again, yes, those are all the legal issues that uh, are there to protect us, but not necessarily um, we're not all the way there in terms of what could be done. And as a forensic yes. psychologist, would you say that it's getting a more and more dangerous society or is it just being reported more? I think that's a really interesting question, but my heart and the statistics would suggest that we're reporting it more. There isn't necessarily any evidence as an, to an increase, but then, you know, anecdotally, you can't but help feel that this is happening yeah, more often. Yeah. Certainly the similicides, absolutely, there has been an increase in, 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 in that area. But in terms of crimes against women and crimes against children, that trajectory is always on an upward spiral. And as a society, because we're starting to recognise it more, people are being believed more, they're coming forward more. So again, there are all sorts of issues there Um has there been an increase in it just happening? I would say not. It's just, as I say, all those allied services and support services. And because we're as a society, we're talking about it a bit more, yeah. that is having an impact on people coming forward. And also and social media. Yeah, yeah. And social media, of course. And look, hopefully, uh, if, if anything can can come uh, from the awful tragedy um, of Ashling Murphy's murder, it has been now that talk about the new stalking bill, which looks like it will be passed in the work of Una Ring um, and Eve McDowell. Um, And in fact, in UCC, myself and my colleague, Dr. Uh, Catherine O'Sullivan, you know, we have designed a survey and we will send the link to look at, we want to provide the evidence now. So again, these kind of arguments, they need evidence to support them. And that's where you're running the first questionnaire survey on stalking in this country to provide some of that statistics and evidence base to support those arguments. Okay, okay. Listen, thanks for so much for taking the time. Now, the course starts Wednesday, doesn't it? It's an online 10-week course. Is it full? Um, you've caught me on the hot there. I don't no, know. No, because I, 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 I hate having to mention yeah. this, but um, the application date has passed. I hope it hasn't passed. <laughs> well, if, even if it has passed, there's no problem, Neil. We will always accept. It hasn't started just yet. It always fills. Yeah, I've been running this course for well over 10 years. It always fills and people always come with with all those questions. Um, but it's be able to give it time and do it justice over 10 weeks. And anybody is welcome. Anybody who has an interest in, in this is more than welcome to attend. Just look up our adult education website and all of our short courses. We will happily accept people, uh, even late applicants. Fascinating. So that's online, isn't it? At the moment, it's online. Yeah, it used to be, of course, on campus, but for the moment, it's, uh, we moved online and it's worked out tremendously well, actually, because I have people now dialing in from not only Ireland, but uh, around Europe. Um, so we've expanded our reach. So it's quite interesting to get that input as well, you know, between the legal system in other countries and, and their cultural culture is an important societal influence on crime. And uh, it's also an interesting take to hear from students so that would be starting Wednesday. People want to get in ahead of us. www.shortcourses at UCC or something like that. What is the uh, web address? Well, it's ucc.ie forward slash ACE for adult continuing education. Adult. And there you'll find a list of all the short courses and, and there you can apply.
Good luck with that. Thanks for taking the call. Appreciate it, Kira. Cheers. In the Thank times you. that we live in, Dr. Kira Staunton, a forensic psychologist at UCC. Uh, I'll get exact details of how you can pick up in contact and maybe if you'd like to do that course. I see people already texting. Um, I've been wanting to do a course like that for a long, long time. It sounds very, very interesting. It is. It's a course on the criminal mind, an introduction to criminal and forensic psychology. And for some, online actually suits, I suppose, rather than having to make the trip on a weekly basis, you can do so online. Um, so I'll just get um, uh, an absolute web ass- address for you and share it with you and come back after the break. Neil's got a new number. Call him now on 0818 Yeah, that uh, web address is quite lengthy. Um, I'll give it to you, but I can give you shortened versions of it as well. www.ucc.ie forward slash en forward slash A-C-E and the A-C-E clearly stands for Adult Continuing Education. You can always just go on to ucc.ie and do a search within the website or indeed a direct Google of uh, The Criminal Mind, an introduction to criminal and forensic psychology at UCC. Equally, you can email shortcourses at ucc.ie and they'll come straight back to you but the course starts on Wednesday text 086-8104-106 pick up the phone on 0818-104-106 thank you Martin he said I was in my local pub on Saturday night where everyone was in great form seeing and speaking to people I hadn't seen after 8pm or so in two years at 12.20am the guardie came in and told the barman that he should have finished serving at midnight and that he'd be back in 20 minutes to clear the bar now we all heard Micheál Martin standing on the steps of the Dáil on Friday evening stating that hospitality would revert to pre-COVID times with effect from 6 o'clock in the morning, Saturday morning. The barman was mystified with what he was being told to do, but followed the guard's instructions. On checking the Vintner's website, the guardie were actually correct. Are we missing something here or what? Uh, I have no... I don't know. I, I, I mean, I find it difficult to keep up with the opening times and closing times myself. I have no idea what... I, I thought Saturday night closing was half 12. I mean, maybe it's half 11 in some places, 12 in others, half 12 in a late barking, maybe go to half one or two. I don't know. I get confused with the different times. Uh, but clearly the guard wouldn't have done what he did if he didn't know he was wrong. If he didn't know he was right, I should say. Anyway, keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. We know of all of the things that have changed now and there are lots of things that you can do now that you couldn't do last Monday. And even more things happened from this morning, including uh, people starting to go back to work on a phased basis and what have you. Um, but, uh, you know, there's still another few uh, hoops to jump through. And amongst them, of course, is masks. And, uh, you know, you're going to have to wear your mask in uh, retail environments, I suppose, still. And probably, uh, you know, mightn't be such a bad idea to, you know, obviously, in public buildings and things like that. Uh, but it mightn't be a bad idea to continue with the sanitizing for a, a few weeks to come, if not for even longer than that. Anyway, back to the phone lines we go. Anthony, good morning. Good morning, how are you? I'm good. Uh, last week, we had a caller on air who was, it was an attempted scam um, by a guy who did a lot of different things to her laptop and to her phone, got right into all of the inner workings of her phone and laptop, but also installed a spy camera, I believe, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. No, I only caught the tail end of it myself. Um, but, yeah, I managed to hear that she was being looked at. He could, he could see her. He was saying to her, yeah. take off your glasses. Um, you know, he could he could see yeah. exactly what she was doing. Yeah, freaky stuff. Yeah, yeah. And what did you spot? 
So over the weekend, um, myself and my family there, um, we got together, we were just kind of having a, a takeaway, we gathered around the table and uh, basically just um, normal conversation was being had and um, I got a phone call off an OA5 number um, where they were able to recite back to me what conversation we were having. Um, so had it on loudspeaker, we kind of got about, we were kind of all looking at each other, got a bit freaked out, we were kind of wondering was it a wind up, you know, whatever. Um, so, you know, after some time went by, I had looked at my phone and I could see that there was an app on my phone that I didn't download. Um, so I asked my partner, did she download the app to my phone, maybe, um, for something, you know, maybe she was looking, I, I don't know, I just assumed it was her. And uh, she said she didn't. So I just remembered the conversation on the radio. So I just happened to check her phone and we could see that it was the same app on her phone. Um, that she didn't also download, she said herself, on her own phone. And so do you um, know the phone call you got from the 085 number? Was that a, mm-hmm. a randomer, like a stranger? Yeah, yeah, it was just, a, like, at first it just seemed like a normal prank call, you know, like it sounded like a few kids messing around. Um, but then they were actually, like, saying some, certain things that we were talking about uh, at the table, you know, which was very strange. Um, so, like, it was, it was, it was just... You know, there was no way no anyone outside of the, the room would have known what we were talking about. And it about, turned out know? that all of you in the room had the same app. Yeah, well, not not everybody. Some were iPhones okay. and some were uh, Android. So it was myself and my partner um, had it. Um, we put into a group chat to our other family members and it turned out my girlfriend's mom and dad had it. Um, her sister and my brother um, all had the same app. Deco, so, is it? Deco? Yeah, D-E-C-O, uh, Deco. It's a picture of a pig um, on the front of it. Um, it's it's an app that we all didn't recognise, that we all didn't download. And, you know, we went into the permissions and the settings to, um, you know, stop the permissions, you know, because you have to, if you ah. just delete the app, they still have permission to use it in the background, you know. Um so we just stopped all the permissions um, and then deleted it from our phones. How did it get... So you're Samsung, are you? Yeah, so I'd be Samsung, my partner Samsung. Um, as far as I know, it's all Android phones that were on. Um, my, some of my cousins, my aunt and uncle were there and they, they're, they're Apple phones and, you know, they didn't seem to be affected. How did it so, get on your phone? Does it come... How do you think? Like, I, I, could so you tell I you can't like understand it, how. Like the, the 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 reason I know that like we didn't download it ourselves is because it's not even on the Google app or Samsung app stores, you know. Um, so like you would have had to. There is a Deco here, but it's um, it's a, a, it's a different one, yeah, a Wi-Fi so we, system or something. Yeah, that's that's the one we found as well, but that's not it at all. Like it's a completely different app. Um, like it, we took a screenshot of it. It was a, a pig. It. It's a pig. Yeah. 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 Um, is it just sound then? Can it also see you? We don't know. Like that's that's like what that's what we were worried about, you know. So we were we were kind of just blocking the camera just to be on the safe side, you know. Um, but it was very worrying because obviously we have like you know our bank apps and things like that on there, and um, you know it was like it was it was like the more people we had kind of talked to, the more we found out had it, you know. Um, so. I just said probably give a call and warn people basically just to check you know obviously these fellas out here can change the look of these apps and because I've been googling them, it I know? can't find anything at all that um, yeah, talks about deco same. and a pig icon and it being a way of people listening in on your conversations 
Yeah, it's it's very strange, you know. Um, so did you did you interact with the geezer on the phone? Yeah, so I got a phone call and it was like someone messing. I think they said, you know, daddy or down the phone or something in a baby voice or something like that. Um, then they hung up. Um, I rang them back. Um, and again, just kind of some what sounded like child messing in the background. And then the next conversation I had was um, on the third call. It was It was someone reciting back to me what we were talking about. And then they hung up. Um, a few minutes later, I, I said um, I'd, I'd wait, and a few minutes later, I got another phone call, and it was someone saying, "Look, I think I got the wrong number there." And I said, "I think you did," and they just hung up. So I don't God, know. I, could be, yeah. yeah. I, clearly, it might have been. Sounds to me as if they were kids messing. But are we are we are we going to a stage now where you have to turn off on your all your phones when you're sitting down chatting with your friends? Well, that's that's what we were all worried about. We were all kind of whispering around the table and kind of getting, you know, a bit freaked out. But, um, yeah, like, I mean, at, at the start, I just thought it was kids messing on the phone. But when they recited back to me what we were talking about, it was it was just strange. Like, there was no way they could have known, you know. Yeah, you don't know who's listening to you at any given time, Shadon. You're, I mean, no. if you've got a very modern television, the chances are the television is listening to you all the time. Certainly, yeah. Alexa's listening all of the time. Yeah. 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 Well, they do that for marketing. I know that. Like your your phone, if you go into your phone, into your settings, and into your apps, you know, like the likes of Facebook app has permission to access your microphone anytime you want. You know, um, or even your camera. Well, it has to be um, listening to you if you give it an instruction. But then you probably yeah. have noticed that sometimes the things that you're chatting about in the same room as Alexa ends up as kind of like marketing or advertising ads on your yeah. phone. If you mention the word Nike or you know Samsung. The, the chances are you're going to get an ad to try and sell you a Samsung phone. Yeah. And that's fine when it's been used for marketing, but when it's, when it's when you're getting phone calls and people are saying back to you what you're having a conversation with at the dinner table, like it's a bit worrying. Do you, so are you safe now? Yeah, so we, we've, as I said, we went into the app. Um, you know, I I don't know, like my, if, say for example, my mum would have got this, my mum wouldn't have known what to do, she would have just deleted it and it would have been working in the background, so... Thankfully, we didn't, myself and my partner knew what to do. Well, you want to be um, living a very boring life to be sitting around listening to people's conversations, maybe on yeah. the off, ch- off chance that they call out their bank account and PIN number, maybe. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, well, I suppose the more worrying thing is if they can see the phone itself, like if they can see us using the phone, um, like a mirror image kind of type of thing. Um, and that way then they'd be able to see, like if I typed in a password. Oh, for my, man, you know, yeah, I know. Could that app do that, Deco Pig? Or Deco Pick? I'm not quite sure. As I said, I don't know anything about it. All I know is, is what I've told you about there. No, you know, it's just, you know, it, it only happened last night, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just it was just after the conversation we had, um, you know, at the table being, being recited over. And then, you know, it kind of just clicked me, you know, and I just said we'd, we'd look for this app. Um, I do know, all right, that my girlfriend's father his Facebook was being hacked where, like, you know, it was like a replica of his page adding other people. Um, and we didn't know, like, where people were getting, you know, access to his page from, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. It's you know, we gone. don't know if it's linked to this. We don't know how long the app was on his phone either, you know. So, it's gone crazy. Um, yeah, really Like, is. we reckon what happened is my girlfriend typed in the phone number into her phone to see if she knew it, the, the phone number. We reckon what happened is, you know, that it's been passed in that way, you know. Maybe she put the number into her phone and then it maybe gave some sort of virus to her phone or something like that, you know. Could be. It could have been a Bluetooth thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
again, it could have been, you know, the fact that it was on her dad's phone, he rang, you know, her mum passed it that way, then yeah. rang her, passed it that way, maybe, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it's just, just, I suppose, if you're, you know, the message is, I suppose, like, if you see an app that you're not familiar with, you know, um, don't delete it, first of all, you know, go into the app in the settings and take away the, the permissions first. That's it. And it's, you call you say that it's D-E-C-O-P-I-C. Yeah, because when so I when Googled opened, that... When I, when I actually opened up the app to see what it was, it opened up as a camera, so I saw myself straight away. Um, and then it gave, like, a big spiel of, you know, um, allow, you know, like, um, agree to this, you know, so that we can access your camera, um, which I didn't click. But I could see, the, the like, in the background, there was a, a, you know, the camera facing myself, and it had, like, little filters on it. So it was trying to, like, look, it was trying to pass itself as, like, you know, like if you yeah, had a, yeah. a filter on, on Snapchat now or something like that, um, little, little mouse faces and things like that. Like yeah, I just see here on Reddit that it is causing problems. Um, somebody says, has anyone else got an app called DecoPick installed on their phone out of nowhere today? It can't yeah. be uninstalled. Uh, it's, is it a Samsung? I think it's connected to Samsung itself. That's what we. That's what we found. We, my girlfriend looked it up, and she found that it was in the Samsung store. But when we looked in the Samsung store, we couldn't find anything yeah, like it. I know. We we did find the one that you were talking about there earlier, but not not this particular one. I've forgotten know. that one. What was it? Uh, it was like a, a software kind of type of thing. Um, the one on Friday, I don't recall. I remember chatting about it, but I can't remember what it was called. Do you remember what it was called? No, no. Okay, I'll have to no. check that out from Friday's program. Listen, it's good to let people. I'm going to get some more chats on this and maybe talk to somebody in tech, and they might be able to explain. Uh, because mm. God knows, it, it, as each week and day passes, we're becoming more and more vulnerable to this kind of carry on. So thanks for the That's heads it, up. Like, on as this. I said, like if it was my parents on their own, they would they, they would have just deleted it. It would have been working in the background, and you know the app the app you know could have. As I said, you know, if it's a way that they could see what we were seeing on our phone, you know, like they'd be able to see passwords. But how do you just finally, how do you know it's this deco pick? Well, we don't know for sure. You know, it only happened last night, as I said. Like, the fact that I got a phone call, um, you know, they were able to recite back to us what we were saying. And then we just happened to see that they, there was this app on all our phones that none of us downloaded, that none of us can find on a, a Play Store or anything. Yeah, couldn't find any information. I know. I it. just you see, I just don't want to be uh, alarming people if it's if it's course, just yeah. a regular and that, that, Samsung that's it as well. We attachment. could be wrong, you know. You like because uh, people are texting know. us saying, "I have it, I have it, I have it." I'm in the horrors. I'm freaked out. It may not yeah, be so that, you know. Yeah, the last thing I want to do is cause panic myself. But I mean, you know, like. How did it get there? It was, it was, it like, in my phone particularly, I can only speak for myself, in my phone particularly, when I download a new app, it goes, you know, onto a, a certain area on my, on my phone. So it's the last downloaded app, you know, would be, would be on the last page, we'd say. Yeah, you know? I know, I know. Um, I so know. if it was something that's built in with the phone or something that should be there. Yeah. You know, I'm wondering why it was why why is it on the last page? Why have I never seen it? It doesn't. Before? I know. I'm just saying it doesn't necessarily. Um, why is it, not on the phone, you know? yeah, it doesn't. It could be some kind of an application. It doesn't necessarily mean. I'm not doubting you for a moment. I know what happened to you, happened to you, but there's also a chance that your phone was was hacked, and it was the only one that was hacked. The one that I was talking to could Christine be. about was a thing called Team Viewer, where they can not only hear you but see you as well. Mm. Yeah, team viewer. That was another. One. Let Let me talk to some tech heads and see if they can shine any light. 
It's a good question to ask them. How safe are we these days when it comes to the mobile phone in our hand? But yeah. uh, Anthony, thanks for the heads up. Might come back to you, all right? More water. Take care. Well done, pal. Cheers. Take care. Yeah, back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Of course, international travel is somewhat different still, and that depends on where you're going and when, how long you're when you're coming back and stuff like that, and whether you're vaccinated or not. But uh, and also the the other issues that are still in place. They figure until February 28th will be the likes of uh, you know the face masks on public transport and in retail environments and stuff like that. Uh, I'm a little bit confused as to the workplace, you know, people coming back into the work fl- workplace where there are numbers, whether or not we should still be masking up or not. I suppose if you feel like you should, then perhaps you probably should. Uh, text 0868104106 on that one. And James has got some thoughts on it as well as to where we find ourselves. And I think he was in the in the city at the weekend. James, good morning. Neil, how are you? Good morning, boy. Good, my man. I think actually you were you were out Saturday night, were you? You were out and about? Well, I, I was out collecting. I wanted those parents to collect their kids from town, but... Um, and a bit old for going into the nightclubs, but the uh, the, the crowds are fantastic. Um, there was a great atmosphere around the town. Um, I don't know is it the fact that people were doing a lot of drinking at home, and they they could take drinking to a lot easier. But the, there was no messing. Great party was Mardi Gras. You know, everyone was in great form. Good, good, good. What time you was know? that then? Were you in collecting? Yeah, I was uh, half past one. Yeah. And it was a bit like it says it was a bit like Christmas or St Patrick's yeah, weekend St. or something. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. Like you know, my only upset about that now is that you know Amerkan is going to go through numbers are going to rise. But I'm not worried about the numbers. Like we had five hundred thousand a week. What we have to focus on is the ICU numbers there. You see, maybe you know, there's a point done. to be made that we shouldn't be even getting reports of daily numbers anymore. Yeah, but you're so entitled to get them. That that shouldn't frighten you. Like I heard Dave this morning, so I mean, Dave was afraid to walk outside his door. You know. He wanted a, a bear to himself, you know. That, that's, and that's not quite that, but like... Well, you know, that, that kind of attitude, like, like that has to stop. And people have been scared for the whole two years. That has to stop now between the vaccinated, unvaccinated. It's all rubbish now. We're all out there now. Get on with it. Now, my point is like that, now that for the next two months, like if people would just stay away from the old people, the sick, the vulnerable, because Omicron is still a threat to them. So we got to get a small bit sensible. So if you have a grandmother or someone that's sick and you're out, and you're parting, do the sensible thing for the next two months yeah. and just ring them and phone them. Don't be running, rushing up and saying we're all free. Those people aren't. Like, this is where we were two years ago. This is what it was all about, protecting these people. So at one stage, we're at, we're at phase one again in what we should have done two years ago, which is stay away now from the old. Let's get, let everybody else get over it and we'll protect them that way through nature. But Mother the, nature gets our job back. But it's, it's a kind of a broad sweeping statement to, stay, to say stay away from the old. You know, particularly if you're an elderly person. Would it not be just be careful around elderly people or be careful think, around people with underlying not stay away? Well, I, I, I think stay away might be strong but it's definitely the safest thing. So if you want to come in from that if you're sensible enough to know that you might have it, you know, be very careful around them. Um, you know, you can ring them. You know, you can use most of these people on computers. Now, look, it's about their safety. If you want to go in and hug them and then put your hand on the coffin next week. That's ah, but I know, I'm mean, not necessarily saying that, but what about if you're visiting a loved one, an elderly person or a father or a mother and you sanitize your hands and you wear a mask? Surely be to God you can be. Do you not well, think you sure. could be in the same room, in fairness? I mean, you should know if you're sick as well. I mean, look, the... The theory that we're all infected walking around was what we were all thought at the start. That's not true. You know, you know yourself, you're sick. You know, you know after two days you've COVID, you've the cough, the flu. And I know you might say some people might be asymptomatic. They're very, very fair and few between. So, I mean, you know yourself. If you're not feeling well yourself, don't go up to a nursing home. 
Kapan so, then, yeah. It's a bit of it's yeah, just Kapan. Kapan. Like yeah, but no, you'd, you'd probably be the same way with with the, if you were at a touch of the flu, you'd be fairly careful around people. Absolutely. And I mean, you could look at what the government dropping the shuttles there last week. It was very quick. You know, you could nearly say they're throwing the toll, but they didn't really. When and I'd be the first critic to criticise them. They didn't, right? The numbers were, were huge, but the ICU figures and the sickness was down, and that's all we have to watch. Not the guy next year, fellow down It's just the numbers and, and, and the old and the sick. That's the key now. And that will keep us out of lockdown and that we'll all go forward. Do I know, but do you not think it's a little bit negative to be saying, call an elderly person on the phone, don't go visiting? That's like March of last, of two years ago. I only said for two months. I didn't say forever. Right. Yeah. Like, because this COVID now is going to go everywhere. Look, last Saturday night, people went home and they, they enjoyed the night out and, and they had fun, as I said, and so did COVID. So Omicron went through the city every time somebody hugged, hugged and it went through. It's, it's going to be everywhere. And I'm just saying for the next two months, that's going to be how it is. And for the next two months, the people just got a small bit sensible and just change what they're doing. In other words, don't. Be a bit more careful around people and old people and sick people and nervous people like Dave. Like, just a small bit of respect for him as well if he's nervous. Which I get him out of that, you know? All right, good points. Because, yeah, you know, like, society. for instance, with, with regards to hospitality, physical distancing is all gone now and the table surface is gone and the meter between the yeah. tables and that's yeah. all gone now. Well, I was, I was watching Temple Bear on Saturday evening and it was just so often, you know, you can go to the cameras and into the bells there on the internet, it's a great crack. And that saw me over the Omicron and all the COVID, it was all over the world watching all these cameras and bells, a great crack, it was live music and everything. But I, I watched one guy there and he must have been, ah, he was 65, 70, look fit, whatever, and he was jammed inside the crowds. He felt he was dead safe. He probably might, or he might not. So old people or people of age need to kind of protect themselves as well. Don't think that just because you have the injection, you're protected. You're not. So get a small, it works both ways. Not okay. just for us to mind okay. but they have to watch themselves as well. Be on your guard for the next couple of months, you're saying? Next two months will do us, and we should be fine. Cheers, and my man. And make sure that the old people keep having the parties and keep hugging each other. And, and plenty of hugs, I mean, get over it faster. But stay away from the elderly or the immunocompromised. The the right. <laughs> okay. All right, James. And, and thanks for that. One other thing. You played a Trojan game for the last two years on this. Uh, well done. You were a great voice for the I'm city mortified. and a great we voice for the rest of us. It was fantastic. Just and that. to the team there. Well done. Thanks very much. Thanks, James. You're very kind well for done. saying that. Appreciate it. Really and truly do. Thank you. Have a good day. Sam McConkie claimed on your news that the reason Omicron had such a limited effect in Ireland is because of our high rate of vaccination. Strange, isn't it, though, that Omicron had a similar limited effect in South Africa, its country of origin. So the backslapping begins between our medical advisors now and our political leaders, while the numbers of deaths from cancer, suicide and all the other ignored medical and mental conditions will begin to soar. They've done so already. Please don't allow our medical advisors and political leaders twist the facts and figures to suit their set themselves and their self-serving narratives. It's interesting thoughts then with regards to the bonus, you know, the 1,000 euro. 100,000 people now will receive 100 million euro between them for turning up to work and doing the job they signed up for. Plus, they'll get an extra bank holiday. The rest of us get the bank holiday. Perhaps spending that money, that 100 million on ICU beds would have been a much fairer solution. That's a fantastic text, and thank you for it. It's quite interesting, actually, when you mention it like that, when you talk about numbers and stuff and what people do and how much they're paid. Did anybody see the story at the weekend in The Independent where a government department spent €34,000 
on an innovation week for civil servants, um, a problem a problem solving week, and workshops for civil servants where they spend quite an amount of their time building and making Lego. I guess you not. It happened. Back after 11. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. New year, new number for Neil. 0818-104-106. A blast of text then on different topics over the last couple of days. Uh, my opinion, um, uh, nurses and doctors should not get any bonus whatsoever. It's a hospital. Expect the unexpected. That's what you signed up for when you went to work. Doctors and nurses all over the world dealt with the pandemic and they're just getting on with it. We're a nation of snowflakes. Give the bonus to shop workers and home carers who really suffered over the last two years, says Idel. It's an interesting text earlier on saying that, uh, you know, the 100 million could be better spent on ICU beds. A lot of people then uh, getting in touch with regards to the anxiety of having children. You remember talking about people with panic attacks last week? Uh, panic attacks. Um, I used to be afraid to look into the crib in the morning. It was so awful. Uh, that would be with a newborn baby in the... I don't know how long it lasted for you. Did it last for the first few weeks, for the first few months, checking and checking? I do it every time my kids sleep. I sometimes wake them just to be sure they're okay. Uh, and more. Since I had my daughter in 2013, I've been on medication from anxiety, being worried that something will happen to my child. Now, three kids later, I'm still on the same medication. I won't go anywhere unless my partner is with me, as the worry is always there. And I'm also terrified to drive, as I'm always too anxious. Anxiety has literally ruined my life. Uh, Morning, I totally agree with your caller and your conversation about having anxiety after you have children. My daughter got epilepsy when she was four. And since then, I never leave her. And I'm very anxious that when she goes to school, she may have a fit it is so frightening. Life definitely changes when you have children, says Sinead. Others then were recommending angel care blankets. I imagine there must be some monitor or sensor in the blanket. Am I right in that regard? Um, listener says, angel care was the best purchase I ever made for my two boys. The alarm actually isn't just to alert the parents. It beeps to alert the baby to breathe. Babies simply forget to breathe sometimes and hence caught death occurs. Why take a chance with a newborn? An angel care blanket gave me such peace of mind and eased my anxiety and allowed me to sleep. Also, all parents buy baby monitors and angel care has a monitor built in. So it's just like buying a monitor. Be good to know just off the top of your head, like what would an angel care blanket cost you? I know of other people now that are, bl- are buying heavy weighted blankets, you know, that you, you you buy them, they, they come in different weights, like maybe 5 kilo weight, 7 kilo, 10, 12 kilo, depending on your size. Um, and they're really heavy weighted blankets that you wear. I mean, I would think it would be rather claustrophobic and you might get very, very hot or too warm in bed for them. But supposedly they're very good for a very positive effect on your quality of sleep on the night. And your mental well-being. And apparently you, you are an awful lot more refreshed after sleep. That, that's as much as I know of them. But they're becoming very, very popular. Uh, the angel mattress was a godsend. I, too, got up all through the night to make sure my kids were okay when small. Uh, cognitive behaviour therapy is useful for anybody with driving anxiety. Um, and thank you for that. Appreciate the text. In fact, the lady that was on the air with me is going to get some work done in that regard. 
and she'll report back to us as to how she's getting on. Lots then on scams. Um, we were talking last week about people whose phones were hacked so that, um, you know, not only could they hear what you were doing, but they could also see what you were doing. Thank you so much to that lady for giving me the heads up regarding different types of scams. It's mind-blowing how easy it is to be scammed these days. Thanks for highlighting the issue. Much appreciate another one. Uh, you are right. I'm 66 years old. Not the sharpest tool in the box when it comes to technology. It's so confusing now. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, uh, you know, you're as bad as you try and make yourself out to be. We're all confused by it because you never know what's going to happen next. Uh, how did anybody leave scams go on for so long? Why did you call and not cop on right away that it was a scam? It went on for hours and hours and hours. <sighs> Who of anybody, who of any of us can judge anybody else until we're in the same scenario? Um, do a full factory reset on your phone. Uh, it needs to be wiped completely. Even consider replacing it. Um, now, please do not do a full factory reset on your phone. Uh, just don't. If you do a full factory reset on your phone, having heard a texter tell you to do it, you are going to wipe every single thing on your phone. So don't do that. Um, you know, for somebody who's been scammed or has issues of people getting into their phone and capturing their data, I'd seek professional advice on that, you know. I really and truly would. Factory resets, to the best of my knowledge, wipe every single thing in your phone and it goes back to where it was when it came out of the box brand new. You want to be careful about that. Morning, there are a massive amount of women in their 40s and 50s with issues like these. Um, It's to do with anxiety and issues regarding children growing up and what have you. There's a growing school of thought that, say, for instance, driving anxiety could be linked to fluctuation of hormones, which comes with perimenopause and menopause itself. Hundreds of women who might have driven no problem for years all of a sudden find themselves with troubling driving anxiety in their 40s and 50s, says Katie. I've read a lot about it, she says. One final one on that. I can relate so much to your caller with regards to driving anxiety. I've always had a very busy life, and in 2014, after the death of both my parents, eight months apart, I suffered my first panic attack in my car. It affected me so badly that I didn't leave my house or get in the car for 18 months. Such a long, long time. Eventually I got there, but over a year ago and due to the stress of moving house, it just came back again. I can understand anybody's fear, like issues like this. Thank you for those texts. Keep them coming. Text 0868104106. Back to the phones we go after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. Yeah, but it all happened so rapidly, didn't it? 6 a.m. Saturday morning and our world's changed. We have a bit to go, of course, and I suppose a few protocols mightn't be a bad idea going forward, each to their own, but limits on household visits are gone. The 8 o'clock closing for hospitality and pubs and events are gone. Physical distancing and hospitality and all that stuff gone. People back drinking at the bar. They can go for a meal now and book it at 8 o'clock. We're supposed to have to be out of it for 8 o'clock. No more passes required for, uh, you know, domestic visits venues or all your activities, no more QR codes and pubs and restaurants uh, don't longer have to take your name or number or anything like that. Capacity restrictions for outdoor sporting fixtures all gone. Uh, Weddings, indoor events, everything like that, back to normal. Uh, Nightclubs, the whole shooting match and people coming back to work on a phase basis from this morning. Now the mask wearing continues uh, in 
say for instance public transport retail settings stuff like that retail environments uh, but that's the way we're at and it happened so so quickly so Saturday was a big day in the city uh, and Seamus was in town milling around chatting with people in general played first part of his report earlier on this morning let's pick it up here's part two Graham Jeffrey from Thompson's Bar and Restaurant on McCurtain Street. Nice to kind of be back fully open. First people to sit at the bar here because we opened in the middle of the pandemic. So it's kind of nice to serve people over the bar and stuff like that for the first time. So yeah, no, really good, really positive. Uh, yeah, just good for the industry, I suppose. So it's great, really. We were supposed to open on the St. Patrick's week back in 2020. So right when the pandemic started, really, was when we were going to open. So we only got open in August of that year. So. This is our first time fully operating at normal, so it's it's great, really. Yeah, we've had serious ups and downs as well, so it's been it's been very tough, yeah, and uh, very hard. So the whole new world again now, I suppose. So it's it's really good, like uh, really positive. Philip Gillivan, owner of the Shelburne Bar, McCurtain Street, Cork. Um, to say I'm delighted to be back open at full capacity is an understatement. We've had an incredible tough two years. We've had to reinvent ourselves probably about 10 or 12 times with different restrictions from the nine euro meal to the 15 people outside to table service. We've made it work. I really want to thank the team behind me for the last few years. They've been incredible. And our customers, they've been incredible. And we look forward to welcoming everybody back to the Shelburne. Definitely the extra footpaths outside have really helped us from Cork City Council. We've adapted and made it comfortable and safe outside for the people. And people love being outside now. And I think a lot of people will decide to stay outside because they love the atmosphere on the street. Once they're warm and safe and they get great table service, I think that's part of our business plan going forward. Were you expecting me, Hall, to make that announcement so quickly? I personally wasn't. I was planning for next Friday. You know, in my head and on my roster, everything was scared that they were going to give us a week in lead-in time. You can't argue with them. They've done it. You know, they've, they've decided not to hold back and look, let's drive on. We, we'll, we'll make it work. Like, grand announce it yesterday, but maybe for next weekend as opposed to the day after. Well, is he going to please everybody? No, no definitely never, not. Never. But I think it's just a bit unfair, like, particularly on the staff when you think about it. Are, are you a hospitality staff yourself? No, I'm no, not. No. I have been in the past, so... Yeah. So you, 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 you know what they have to deal with? Yeah, mm. and instantly it's just going to be, like, no no certs, no nothing. Just throw everybody in and see what happens. Seems yeah. to be the, the name of the game. And is that a worry? Not really a worry. Like it's nothing to do with like the actual numbers. It just seems like the second that anything happens on a weekend, yeah, it seems to everything goes nuts no matter what happens every time. Like with the current variant, like it's not as it's obviously not as deadly as like previous variants have been. So to be honest, like I personally wouldn't be too worried about like being seated like near an unvaccinated person or anything like that. Um, but I know that for like more just people who would be more at risk, I'd feel like they would probably be more anxious than we would. We're sitting here on the coal case yes. and you're obviously able to judge the mood of the of the people over over the last two two years. How has that changed? Some people were terrified. Terrified out of their mind. But I ha- I'm a kind of person would have to go out there because I was reared to it. Yeah. We were reared to it like, you know, and you know something it's good to be able to do it. And I hope we'll never shut down again. I really mean that now. I hope it'll never happen again. And like, in, in those 22 months being kind of more or less locked down, was it really worth it when you see that there was a million on the hospital list 
the school system is in tatters and you also have loneliness and isolation. The answer I give you there now goes with life. I buried a beautiful boy myself. Five five years ago I buried my son with cancer. That that's life I think and I had to accept that when my son died. I accept, you, you have to accept it because in this in this life we don't know what's coming or going. You know, that's the way I feel about it. Wouldn't have minded, you know, kind of coming in slowly because we'd still be worried about some of the things, you know, like what, uh, like the masks and that. Anyway, we'd still like to do that. Wouldn't like to be hugging or shaking hands with anyone so quickly. And um, also the uh, COVID passes after going through all that, and now you can go in and maybe someone's not vaccinated. You know, and that's a worry. It is a worry. I mean, you're going to worry about something like that, especially after protecting yourself for so long. And then to go through this again. I mean, what would we be afraid of? Just we go back into a shutdown again, like? So, we'll just have to go with the flow. No, we, have not, we can't do nothing else about it, like? And just hope that we'll all keep ourselves safe. And are you doing anything to celebrate your new freedom? No. Nah. No. Too early now to try that. Did we open too quick? No, I don't think we did, but, you know, obviously there's a big question mark about it. And there's only so much the government can afford. Where's all the money coming from, like, to pay all this, all them, what they're looking for now in the pubs and everything they want, you know, it's understandable. But they're going to make money, big money, it's going to be, going to be all, the law going mad. It all gone mad, he says. Thanks, Seamus. Great work. Really appreciate that. Um, it's just, <laughs> listening to that, Philip Gillivan from the Shelburne was reminding us, do you remember the nine euro meal that you had to eat? <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. because <laughs> I mean, who of us would say that we'll never go back to that? Like, I don't know. I hope to God we don't. But the nine euro meal just to get in the door for a pint or a quart. And then there was all the talks at the time about whether or not a bowl of chicken wings would constitute a substantial meal. <laughs> Or chicken nuggets or a club sandwich and stuff like that. Oh, my God, where we were at. Where are we at now? Um, actually, you know, some people are still not happy with those that are unvaccinated being allowed indoors uh, at all. Never mind when they couldn't get in at the eight o'clock closing. But now, of course, with that gone, some are still saying, well, yeah, it's fine. We're moving in the right direction. But hold on a second. The unvaccinated still shouldn't be left in. Anyway, thoughts on that, please. John, good morning. Morning, Neil. And we heard it again there about from two or three different people in the Vox. They're still not happy with the unvaccinated indoors. Yeah, well, why don't they stay home, so? <laughs> well, they feel they've earned their stripes, you see, because oh, they yeah, got their vaccinations why, but... and their booster and everything. Yeah, and, and, and so did a lot of the people uh, who chose not to be, uh, to be jabbed uh, by staying away from different people and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's no middle ground on this you're right yes, in that regard actually it doesn't necessarily mean if you were unvaccinated that you were reckless, that doesn't follow no it's, of course not and you can't go on the stats that everybody in the hospital were the unvaccinated when 90% of the people according to NEFA and the government were vaccinated and, and now we have a situation where 90% uh, well, of the people uh, who, are, who are jabbed uh, 60% of the 90% uh, are not taking the booster <laughs> because they have more information. Because they have more information 
uh, on what exactly I know, we but done. listen, I can push back to that as well and say that we still know that 50, 50%, well, yeah, 54% of those in ICU were unvaccinated and they represent a 4% of the population. But yeah, we, yeah, but is, it time, is it time maybe to just move on from all of that? Listen, we had SARS-1 and people knew nothing about it. This is SARS-2. We just got the fancy name COVID-19 because they didn't want to say it to sell. Sales too, because people might be blase because sales one passed over without killing the whole world, and there was no money to be made out of sales too unless they they uh, humped it up. <sighs> SARS COVID, SARS COVID, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, no, we know we now have a situation where it seems commerce has killed the flu. And that's basically what is what is coming down. To. Not, not some, not necessarily that, but that from the point of view of society getting on, it could be e- the economics of it. It could be the hospital waiting lists. It could be people missing cancer diagnosis. It could be a thousand, yes. hundred thousand children oh. waiting for peds. Yeah, and where's and, and tell me where's the government apology to the to the people uh, who had children with, with uh, disabilities and with uh, serious illnesses down through the years? Uh, well, they were told that the the medicine for them is too expensive, and uh, we can't afford to give it to them. Uh, and they did it, and they did it as well to women who were looking for treatment for that's cervical cancer. That's, yeah. that's correct. So that, that that was it. And and what did they do? They put the guy who was in charge of us in charge of this so he'd be the spokesman for the government. And what do you I mean, make of that yeah. excellent text this morning that if it's going to cost a hundred million to give the one thousand euro bonus to people who many would say as doctors are well paid anyway, not the nurses, they're not, but that it could be better spent on ICU beds. Well, you, that's that's a good that's a good point. It is a good and point. I, 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 and, and, I, and I presume when, when they're talking about giving it to the hospital staff, we have cleaners in the hospital. Are they getting any share of us? They cleaned up. Do you remember now? They cleaned up after everybody. I, 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 I would have thought that um, they, they would still be deemed as frontline health workers. Because oh. I, I, would, I would determine that, um, that hygiene is as equally important as treatment in a hospital. Oh, absolutely. But I didn't hear any mention of it. You know, you, you can't go giving tax-free money to one part of society and telling the other one to go suck your thumb. Mm, mm. That don't work. And, I, and, and we, have a, we have a government now who, who, listen, who would pursue you to the grave to get a shilling off you. And all of a sudden they can give out tax-free money. So just the likes of you and me and the people who are paying, uh, paying our taxes will be picking up that. I know that, and and that's always been the problem, though. You know, you divide uh, sections of society by giving to some and not to others. But Michael McGrath was the one who said that they had to draw the line somewhere, otherwise they'd be giving money to everybody because everyone, everyone could make a fair case. Yeah, well, if the government were worried about drawing the line, they should have copped on a lot sooner to what exactly was going on. It could well be determined as a PR stunt you, that backfired. Like. Well, it, 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 is, it is, of course. Look, there are... Government's job is to get prepped up for the next uh, voting and uh, this address to the, to, the, to the nation that uh, we're fabulous, we're opening up everything for you. That's a load of, that's a load of old crap. No, there's that's no election. The election that's isn't that's two, that's two and a half years oh, oh, away. Oh, listen, it will probably be coming sooner than that. There's a lot of dissatisfaction in the country with, with the way the country is being run. Not, not just about covid but on our open borders and other things that are that are coming down the track to hit us in the face. 
Um, I'm going to come back to that actually because Derek was making that point. It was more to do with a point that was made on the back of the tragic death of of Ashling Murphy with regards to to our border. So I will be re- I'll be returning to that because he made some interesting points on it. But from your point of view, you think that if anyone has a problem with it, it's they should stay away, not those that want to get on with their life, not those who are unvaccinated. Yeah, unless, of course, we can get the government to, to tell us what uh, our terms of days that we can come to the town and we can go into a shop and whatever. So I, 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 I told you long ago that they'd be expecting us to go down the street ringing a bell, stating unclean. Oh, no, but you, 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 must, you must have done something over the weekend. Me? Yeah. No, I didn't. Didn't I had you? A restful week. Didn't I you go anywhere now that you could, no? No, I've done what I normally do. Nothing, nothing has changed in my life since 2019 since this has started Except you could go into a pub in a restaurant. Well, I was in no rush to go into a pub any because all you meet in there is numpty, so can't hold a drink. <laughs> Not everybody. I know. I, look, it's great to go in and sit down and have a, 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 an intelligent conversation with somebody. But when, when you're dealing with, with uh, what you call it, numpties, uh, who've had uh, a point too many, and uh, that's, that's not on my uh, uh, list. Of oh, so it was, something, it was something you never did anyway? No, I don't tell, tolerate idiots that, that easily, like, you know. Do you mean very interesting people in the local hostelry, though? You can do. Oh, yeah, but I, I, would, I would go for a drink with friends of mine uh, who, who would uh, know how to behave. But now that you can, will you not? I'm in no rush to go into places that, uh, that taught me I was unfit to go in all along. That's a good point, yeah. That's a, but even, even though they would love to have seen you and they didn't make the rules... Oh, no, 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 They got paid for, they got paid for uh, making the choice. The staff got nothing. The people who wanted the business got paid up to the tonsils. But your freedom has been restored, John, hasn't it? Why, why aren't you taking advantage of it? My freedom was never taken, Neil. I, I changed nothing in my life since this staff did. Yeah. And I have no intention of changing anything in my life. Unless I want to change it, yeah. and I won't be di- I won't be dictated to by the likes of uh, Holhan and, uh, and and guys. Look, we have a guy running the health system who hasn't a, a clue. He came in from an office, and he, they gave him four hundred thousand euros a year and an expense account. He's got no experience whatsoever. I've probably forgotten more than the guys learned. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a democracy, you're entitled to say that. I mean, it does seem like an awful lot of dosh, but then again, maybe it's... But you're, may, but you're just, just starting another committee, you know, about something else, something about uh, the, the violence on women. Uh, so, uh, violence on women was always wrong. There was we, always laws there, there, was always laws there to, to, to deal with it. And uh, rape should have been, I told you this before, rape should have been made a, a capital crime the same as murder. Capital. That was. Oh yeah, absolutely. We don't have, have no ca- problem. We don't have capital crime. Well, you have capital crime for killing a member of the Garda. That's still on the statute, is it? Oh yeah. Never ever, never ever actually put put in place, though, is it? Oh no, no, because you have the wishy-washy people said that you can't, you can't do that, and blah blah blah, and all that kind of thing. You might be interested in this. Just your thought. This is a handwritten letter that I received from Washington Street. I don't know from whom uh, or from where, apart from Washington, Washington Street. It's to do with the topic. It says topic, violence against women. Uh, recommendations in the interest of public health and safety. Number one, mandate injection and or surgery to control the criminal's sexual problems. 
So mandated injection. Uh, require relevant ID and details of their crimes for access to all public places, uh, e.g. bars, cafes, concerts, gyms, etc., so that somebody who's been convicted of a crime would have a similar pass like a COVID cert, um, even to buy a cup of tea. I don't know how that would work, um, because how would you know the difference between somebody who was a criminal and who wasn't a criminal? Some kind of relevant ID and details of their crime on the ID. Number three, remove the present details of citizens' private ID and telephone numbers, which are all on public display in sheets of paper and books in many cafes. Well, that's gone anyway, so that's, that's gone. What, if, what, what? Wouldn't it be a lot cheaper to put a mark on the brand of flowers so that everyone could see it the same as your brand of coal? Well, he or she is saying a relevant ID and details of their crime to access all public places. That would mean that everyone would need relevant ID and details to show whether they were a criminal or not. Well, listen, most bars and, and places have televisions running the whole time. Have screenshots of these people one with their mug shot upness. That's that's been shown every every couple of minutes. Or but who'd enjoy so a social event if you were looking up at criminals' photographs flashing up on the screen all day and all night? Well, I'd say if you were a woman, you'd sooner see him on screen than see him see him in real life. Yeah, I know. But then you might see someone and you think you might know them, and you might confuse them, and so the other guy might be well, picked out in the wrong. You know, these guys these guys who are attacking women, they need to be taken out of society permanently. Mm. I don't think anybody would disagree same, with that. Same, same as paedophiles. Since murder was legal... Oh, here's another interesting one, another point. Since murder was legalised here by abortion, it provides men with more sexual freedom yeah. and the majority of Irish citizens voted for this legal solution. Um, that's not necessarily anything to do with the uh, murder of women, but it claims to be the murder of the unborn. But quite an amount of interesting points well, there. Yeah, well, well listen... That's that's a very de- delicate subject because you would you would have people uh, who would have a problem with killing a child but wouldn't have a problem with killing a criminal. But what about mandated injections or some kind of surgical intervention uh, if somebody has been found to be guilty of a sexual crime? Well, there are, there are different ways of dealing with it. You could uh, the Arabs used to do it to the, to the what you call it to the soldiers that belonged to the French of uh, Foreign Legion. They used to do it with piano oil. <laughs> but you're suggesting um, the death penalty. Oh, I got no problem whatsoever with it. Even in the event of somebody being a miscarriage of justice, how would you get around that? Well, one? well, you see, there are ways of getting into the to the whole uh, truth of the matter. Now, I I do know that there are false claims being made. But when you have a stack of DNA and you have everything going for you and there are methods of finding out if the guy is telling the truth or not. And once you've exhausted all that, that, that's it then. Then execution. Yeah, I'm not just saying that you bring him in, stand him up against the wall and and pop him. You, You exhaust every avenue to find out that the guy... Is guilty. Okay. okay. And after and after and that's after that is over. He, he society didn't don't have to worry about him anymore. Okay. Don't know how he got from COVID passes to the death penalty. Oh, but there I, you know, go. I know. I know. I know. I know. My, my apologies. No, it's not your apologies. <laughs> I asked you the question. Thanks as always, John. Appreciate it. No, Cheers. He's, see, nothing changed in his life in the in the last two years. Absolutely nothing. He says. Mick. Good morning. All right, Neil. How's it going? Good, man? my man. What are you thinking? Um, are you okay with the? Did you get out over the weekend? I did. I actually went out. I was going out Friday night either way, because I had to meet someone and I was outside 
into uh, having a point outside and then they decided to change the rules the next day. Like, but I just think the way it kind of happened, like we ran, I ran out at eight o'clock, kind of. So d- just to remind people, you wouldn't have a cert or a QR code no, or anything, nothing. No, like no, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah. So what was? Yeah, no. So did you venture indoors? No, we couldn't win that Friday night. So no, but have gone outside that. Didn't you? No, I didn't go for any point then. All right, just take me time now, Neil, and go overnight. I thought you'd have myself. been the first up in a bar counter. Oh, no, no. I just see, like, that's like sheep. They've been walking the doors, eating hard running, then being told. <laughs> and maybe that's me being a bit stubborn, maybe. Ah, yeah, but there's like, some stage this week you'll be sitting at a bar counter in Passage. Oh, I will. I come up there. I, I like sitting at the bar. I was always waiting. I like having a crack sitting at the bar, Neil. And why do you talk thing. of divide and conquer? Because I think it, it, that's what they were trying to do, and they, they've done it in a lot of stages, I think. The way it were, you know what I mean? We, like, Grant, you make a choice, Neil. My dad even opened for that night, the kind of, I said, ah, one flew, I went in, Neil, I won't say where, no, I went in a few weeks ago, going into the jacks. You could go in and use the jacks, like, you were all right, use the jacks, come out with your mask on, go back out and have a point outside, which was grand, no problem. But a fella called me and he said, I'm afraid because I go on. Next he goes, oh, Christ, you know, so you're not, uh, you're not vaccinated. <laughs> I could catch it off when he put on his mask. <laughs> and I said, I'm sure I could catch it off you as well, I said. <laughs> just because you're vaccinated, I said, you're not safe either. <laughs> so he just walked away and left it. How did it make you feel, though? Yeah, me feel a bit kind of mad at times, but I, as I say, a child. But like, I don't like, I couldn't see myself... If I was friendly with a fellow, which I am, my buddies would be my best friend is in Kilkenny, but he came down and a few weeks ago there and he'd no problem sitting outside having a few pints with me. There was a heat of blaring at his face for the night, all right, so he was all right, you mm. know what I mean? Mm. But like a lot of fellas, no, I was. But I had that you go. But I think it was starting to divide, but like it's back. Up and running only, so that's the best way to go. But I still think mass should be gone total in my book. You, I mean, you had people that Seamus interviewed there saying, like, well, we'd be still afraid, as I mentioned, just the last caller there saying, like, leave him stay at home. But like, that's not the thing either. But I think it's either gone or it's not gone, you know what I mean? But all of a sudden, Christ, we're gone. We can lift around the place now, you know? Ah, uh, yeah, but you still have to have. The mask until at least well, February twenty. You do, or in, on a bus, for instance. On a bus, but I still, I would get rid of it, mate. I would like maybe, maybe I think the legislation as far as I know, I think the thirty first March. That was first day, and I think that was that's what they were aiming for. After that, it could be extended. Whether that's like, well, or obviously it changed. Yeah, because people have been asking me various questions. One person texted there, can you visit people in hospitals? And the yeah. restrictions are not left lifted, certainly not in the CUH. And there's no time frame there. And then, with regards to nursing homes, the answer to that is it depends on the size of the home. Um, yeah. You could have had two restricted visits a week with one person um, actually, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but apparently, there are kind of restricted planned visits or something like that in nursing yeah, homes. Yeah, I think they're all right, Neil, because now between you and me and my sister, no, it was allowed visit there last week. I think but I think some of them this morning did up it to two visitors. Maybe, did I? Yeah, well, I don't know. No, she, she went in to see her husband there last week, so she was delighted. But you think it should be, Neil, because I couldn't understand that either. That's probably me. Like the two of them were vaccinated. Couldn't wait to see him. Like, 
she was living on her own, so that that I could never figure out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So nursing homes, depending on the size of the home, they had two restricted visits a week with one person. But as of this morning, a few have upped that now to two visitors. Yeah, couple of times. We blind go for the rain. I know it's eh? better get it started. It's <laughs> you have a long way to wait for the rain. Maybe you but might do something. Know, for Paddy's here, no, Paddy's here. Be That's the one for you. I, I, yeah, because I got the stag in April, and you know, so I don't want to be about that. That I wouldn't be able to go to the st- and the stag. You can't go. That's a John accident. They'll probably say the same to you on the stag. Yeah, they were like me the other day, so I gave him the finger up in the thing and said, no, you're free like the taxi. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Frick. Take care. Calling Red FM Studio. Call the new number. 0818-104-106. Ah, uh, yes, interesting email here. So COVID is over like that with a, mage, with a wave of a magic wand. Michal Martin, 6 a.m. Saturday morning. They opened everything. Oh, really? Except one thing, if you're nine months pregnant for the first time, scared of the unknown, and you go into labour, you do it alone. The father of the baby waits in the car while the wife or partner goes into the CUH or CUMH, terrified and alone. Yes, he can go in at the last minute, but you can be in labour for 12 to 15 hours or longer. That's when the support is needed. Well done, Michal Martin, prioritising um, correctly. Once more, the pints are flowing. Please draw attention to this on Monday so one more woman doesn't have to do it alone. Kind regards, Suzanne. Happy to pass that on. I'm sure you're not alone there in your annoyance and can fact that you just can't understand the logic of it. Do get in touch. You can always email neil at uh, redfm.ie. On Friday, now it might have taken hours, but eventually she did cop to the fact that this character on the phone to her was a scam artist um, and was pretending to be from Amazon and pretending to be giving her a refund and going through all of the motions to try and get her bank details out of her. He also, in the course of the conversation, she told us on Friday morning, managed to um, download or to plant a particular app uh, onto her phone. Now, that app was um, called TeamView. Now, I heard of other ones this morning, but TeamView or TeamViewer, I suppose it's used in, in, in settings where people are having meetings, a bit like Zoom, where everybody can see each other. Um, and it also, in, in certain circumstances, can allow somebody to take over your laptop or, or whatever to correct problems that you might be happen, happen, helping you with. Maybe if you came from, say, for instance, you got in touch with maybe an Apple, for instance, you got onto their tech service department, they might do something like that so they can work on your laptop. But, of course, crooks also have access to it. Um, So, anyway, that was that story. And then this morning, a caller on the air who uh, said that there was somebody called him and was able to retell his whole conversation that he was having around the table with his friends and family members. So, it's quite alarming. So, Ronald Murphy is Chief Executive Officer with Smart Tech, and they deal with a lot of different issues in the tech world, amongst it online fraud and tech fraud and things like that. So, he'd be very savvy with regards to um, things that could or could not be implanted on your laptop or your mobile phone. Ronan, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are Thanks you Thanks so much. With regards to this one that we spoke about this morning, um, that's, a, is that, that's genuine, is it? Yeah, that's well, it's Jekyll. genuine. Uh, yeah, basically it's an update to the Samsung operating system on Android phones. So it's what we would commonly refer to, Neil, as bloatware. It's an application that's, um, that comes as part of the operating system that you may or may not want on your phone, but it can be difficult to remove because the manufacturer sees 
benefit in having it uh, on your device. But is it the reason that, that, why somebody was able to hear his conversations? No, not at all. No. Okay, well, that's good to hear. So it's not that's not that's not the access then. What is? Well, look, there's lots of different types of malicious um, software you can put on phones, spyware and so forth. Um, and depending on what they've been downloading or what links they've clicked on, I mean, there's different ways that they can turn on the, the, the mic in your phone or the camera in your phone or your laptop. So people just have to be very careful on what they download and what they click. What I would recommend to your listeners, I mean, firstly and foremost, you're safer if you're on, on, a, on an Apple device. Um, you're not entirely safe, but you're much safer than, say, Android. But if you have an Android device, you can you can go into the Google Play Store and you can scan all of the apps that you have downloaded and you can check for their authenticity and their safety. Um, and that's probably a good place to start for people. Why are you safer on Apple than Android? The, um, the, the app store, the iOS app store is locked down. So there's a much more difficult process for people to sell software or to put their applications on it. It's a much, much more laborious process to get through. Whereas, um, to get to, to build applications for, for the, for the, the Play Store is a much easier endeavor for people. So therefore, obviously, the, the bad guys target it. Also, it's got a much, much bigger audience, much, uh, bigger target market for the bad guys, you know. But, it's all very well downloading an app yourself, um, but what is what what is the story when you haven't downloaded anything? Can people literally remotely access your phone or your laptop? No, they can't. So, so you've done you've always done something, have you? You've always done something, um, unless it's the case that your the software is vulnerable and the manufacturer hasn't done their job properly. Um, and therefore, w- w- typically when you see updates being released for your operating system on your laptop or your phone, it's, it's in a lot of cases, it's to make them more secure because they've identified a vulnerability. So what a manufacturer will do is they will release an update and then the onus is on the user to update the system to protect themselves from that. If they don't update it, then of course they're vulnerable. The, the specific issue we were discussing this morning, that's what I refer to as bloatware. And, it, you know, in a way, that's, that is a, the manufacturer putting software on your phone you don't want. Um, and it, it can be an inconvenience, but it's definitely not used for, you know, spying on you while you're having a conversation with your family. So the chances are he has something on his phone. He does have deco pick, but that's just annoying. That doesn't actually do anything. Correct. But, but there is something in there that's giving strangers access to his mic. Yeah, quite possibly. Does that have a name, that, that app? There's lots of different ones. There's, I mean, there's, there's, there's hundreds of different types of spyware, Neil, that are used to uh, implant on devices. Now, the, the, the question is, you know, what did they recall to him? What's the scenario? What are they trying to get out of this? Is it some type, some type of extortion? Um, I mean, th- there can be lots of different ways this happened. Um, and he'd probably need to re- retrace his footsteps and look at what he's downloaded to find himself in this scenario. You I know, know what you're saying? Because in the wrong hands, of course, it can be lethal, isn't it? It could be a partner spying on a partner. It could be an ex-partner spying on a partner, listening to their conversations, who they are, where they're with, who they're with. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's commonly used in those, in those scenarios you've described quite a bit, you know. Um, and it, it's, it's quite easily done as well. So getting access then to your phone, uh, well, in the case of Friday, that was team player, was it? What's that used for? 
So, as you described very eloquently, there are tools that are t- typically used by customer support people to update uh, people's laptops or help them with technical issues yeah but equally it's it's the equivalent i would say if you if you allow someone to install team viewer or one of these remote applications on your laptop it's the equivalent giving someone a copy of the front door key of your house gotcha the minute they get access to that they can do all sorts of nefarious things they can install back doors they can they can put in key loggers so they can uh, you know take their passwords. They get access to absolutely everything in your operating system. Yeah. So yeah. it's just got to be really careful what you. But if you're a victim so, of a scam, the chances are the scam artist will um will you know because she was saying that it like it sounded legit. It was Amazon, and of course it wasn't. And he wanted to give her a refund. Of course he didn't. Um, but in the course of the conversation, he said, "Okay, I'm going to set this up for you now. I need you to download an app." Uh, and and she voluntarily would do that. Then, of course, it's all over. Then, yeah, I mean, that, 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 that's the ultimate objective of these guys is to install remote access software. And the minute they have remote access to your device, they can work away on your device. You'll never know they're there. And then they can get access to your online banking, your passwords, your email. And I mean, there's lots of different ways. Then they can cause problems for the users. You know. Yeah, like I, it's very interesting because across the weekend, I've been plagued four or five times the same stupid text. PTSB, your online access is suspended due to unusual activity. To restore access to your accounts, follow the steps via ptsbrestore.co. Clearly, that's a complete and utter scam. But someone's going to click on that. the, The reason, Neil, that you continually get those is that it's working. I mean, these guys are making an absolute killing. The amount of people that are clicking and following through on the process and losing an enormous amount of money is incredible. I mean, it's absolutely astounding. And people continue to get caught and that's why these guys keep doing it. Yeah. Well, what would happen there? You click that and they'd ultimately ask you for your bank and your pin, is it? Yeah, you go down a rabbit hole and the rabbit hole is everything from, you know, depending on how gullible you are, you know, they'll get it off you over the phone or they'll get you to install a piece of software on your laptop. They'll always find a different angle depending on the type of person you are, you know. And Ronan, who, who's actually listening to us all of the time? Is it fair to say that Alexa's listening all the time? Is it fair to say that your television on the wall is always listening? Yeah, I mean, so, so when you say listening, right, they've got different um, ways of collecting big data and processing it and uh, selling it to advertisers, right? And that's done through all different devices uh, from your telephone to your, your your mobile phone and different applications and so forth um, so I wouldn't say it's somebody sitting down and listening to your conversation they are definitely you know picking keywords I mean like you know if somebody's interested in buying a lawnmower and it, whether they search for it on Google or No I, and I think that's okay I don't so much a problem with the Google thing they're, they're just then following you because they see you googling lawnmowers and they'll send you ads for it but but in your own homewares there's some kind of passive listening going on that's different isn't it well it's it's it's, it's almost like it's, it's what we would refer to as big data right so they're collecting they're collecting voice and then they're analyzing it for keywords and patterns and then they're selling it to advertisers to target you to sell stuff to you you know but do you not realize how bizarre that sounds when you say it yeah, yeah, it is. It's very bizarre. And I mean, when you buy smart televisions, a lot of them will come with a warning that the, the television is listening to you when when you turn it on, you know? And that's okay GDPR-wise and data and protecting your privacy and stuff, yeah? Yeah, um, I mean, it's, 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 it's a gr- very grey area. Um, personally, I, I despise it. 
I despise social media and I despise this whole area of, of collecting your data and continually trying to sell, c- commoditize it or commercialize it and sell you products. But it, it's the world we live in and it's, it's, why, it's why big tech has become so dangerous, I guess. That's what keeps you so busy. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. You wouldn't, you don't recommend factory resets because that just wipes your entire life, doesn't it? Um, I mean, I do and I don't. It depends what you've been clicking on. It depends what uh, what you've installed on your phone. I mean, um, phones can be easier. I mean, you can factory reset them and then you can reinstall from the cloud. Uh, in a lot of cases, people might have, you know, personal computers or laptops and they can be much more dangerous in terms of having spyware or malware or keyloggers or remote access, access trojans installed in those devices. So, I mean, I mean, it's probably a good idea to regularly, not when I say regularly, every couple of years, you know, have a, a major reset or clean up of your, your actual, your personal computer. And phones and so forth, as I said earlier, specifically with Android, you can log into the Google Play Store and you can do a, a sanity check on what you've installed. But, I mean, even things like passwords, Neil, it's really important that people continually look at that and try and change them and update them and um, have different passwords for different applications and so forth because they tend to be a big problem as well. It's so confusing, though. Capital, smalls, numbers, asterisks. Oh, man, it's just a head wreck. It's a a nightmare for everybody. Isn't it? Well, what you can can do is you can download a password keeper like a vault and I mean, that's what I use. That's what, you know, everyone I work with uses. There's applications like Keeper and so forth. And you store your passwords in there. And What if and somebody hacks that, it. though? Yeah, look, that's a, re- that's a reality, too. That, that could become a problem as well. It's getting worse, um, not better, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's getting much, much worse. It's, uh, last year was the worst ever year in the history of the cybersecurity industry in terms of the problems and I think this year will be just as bad. All right, my man. Listen, thanks for taking the call at short notice. Ronan Murphy, Chief Executive Officer of Smartech. Last word this morning goes to the one and only Aileen O'Leary from Ballincollig who has got her brand new Ford motor car. Good morning. Did you hear that, beep, beep? Oh, that's us. You're sitting in it. I am sitting in it. I'm on hands-free. It's absolutely out of this world. I am living my dream. Oh my God, what a super photograph. Is that a fo- is that a Ford Focus, is it? That's a Ford Focus, titanium. <laughs> and um, the guys in CAB had to show me down to how to start the bleeding thing. Because <laughs> there's no keys, there's no nothing. It's press button. Oh, Neil, if you want to see me on Thursday, it was, a, it was just hilarious. I love the alloys on it. I really do. I know. It's absolutely oh stunning, God. but some bird is after pooing on the side of it already, and I wasn't impressed. You know, <laughs> is it any wonder with a brand new car, even the slightest speck of dirt will wreck your head? But that'll pass, yeah. don't you worry, that'll pass. I know, I know. <laughs> and all and of this listen, came from a... so f- much. Oh, you're joking me. It came from a five euro ticket for St. Vincent de Paul. Wow. Yeah. yeah, and you know, they have been so, so kind. They kept checking in on me because I was a bit overwhelmed. Um, and because of my my history and my experiences, and they kept checking, and so did CAB. In fairness, um, and you know everybody was just keeping an eye on me because I had to step back for for a couple of days because I just got totally overwhelmed. I but know, I'm not listen, overwhelmed now. I know, and thank you. Shared your life story with us, and if anyone deserves a win like that, you certainly do. To go for any half decent spin yet? 
Oh, listen, I've about 400 kilometres put up on her since I got her on Thursday. <laughs> Where'd you go? Showing it off, oh, is just, it? Oh, yeah, like I've the hair done, the makeup on, the good clothes on, and <laughs> my skivvies. <laughs> oh, my God, it's fantastic. So happy for you. And as listen, you promised you'd come back to me and you sent the photographs. Yeah. Thanks so much, Aileen. Drive no, safely. I, I thank you, all of your, your people, for well-wishing and all yeah. the... The, the kind words I got. Thanks well a million, Neil. Take care of yourself. Safe driving, girl. Take Bye, care. Oh. Aileen O'Leary and Balancholy in our brand new motor car. Well done to her, Vincent Paul, and the good people at CAB, CAB Motors down in Ballant Temple. Our lines will stay open. You can text 0868104106. Email neil at redfm.ie. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.